Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown and Andrew Velez. And this is now episode 179. In this episode, we are going to talk about the Suns' embarrassing Game 7 loss. If the Sixers are making a mistake by bringing back Doc Rivers, Mike Brown being named the Kings head coach, and we'll preview both conference finals matchup. A quick Patreon shout out to Cole Larson, Zach Wilson sucks, Alexander, Nazir, Dwayne, Riv smells like deer ankles, Scary Terry, Icon No Cap Anthony, Kayla Baker, Travis Toomer, Drew's the Goat, Holmes, Nairi, your boy Nick, Pimp Chimpin, Jake the Snake, Corrupt, G Boog, Kobe Florence, Dylan, Afosa, Mason, Rivs Hair, Matt Sexy, Gentile Drew, Paid MVP, Mark SP4Z Shot, Jordan What, Evan, Dylan, Joel is the Goat, Mayo, Andre, Peter, Daniel, Ben, Ruthless Rooster, Kill Moves, Joel B, SA Crimes, Kevin S, Eagle Dollar, Tizzy, Corey, Get Funkoed, Dylan, Playboy, Orlando, Big Chuck, Michael, Greg, Cole, Liam, T Grove 17, Tua Sucks on Car, Ryan, Epic Linkiness, It's Black Ace, Anthony, BJ, PJs, Langston, Jazzy Juice, Johannes, Dave McLaurin, Muffins, John, Sean Triplett, Burner Hoops, Court Cousins, P. Dot, Hakari, and Jay. Aqua. Good old Jay Aqua, man. That list is long. But let me tell you. This shit's Let's really get into tired, it. that list. <laughs> Jesus should liven you up, bro. Those are all our fans. Yeah, Those are all the people damn, that, that love list us. Long, it man. Is. It's a long list. I'm not Yo, gonna look, front. Look at look at the look at over there real quick. Don't I look a little bigger? That's why you were trying to put the sleeves up before the show. Yes. Ah, uh, you've been working out? Really? Okay. All right. You know what? Roll the sleeves up then. Yeah, I feel you. Racially motivated. Oh my God. Here he goes. <laughs> I'm not Unbelievable. No yeah, Strong been, allegations. I've been man. working out. You know what I'm saying? Been doing my push ups, my pull ups. Mm-hmm. Been hitting the park in the morning. Okay. Nice. Yo, the old fashioned workouts. The real gangster. Like, I'll be seeing outside. Respect. Four, four dudes, very, very strong guys. You're like, you know what? I'm going to join in. Let yeah, me get this working. You know what I'm saying? So I'm locked in. Okay. Let's do it. Well, that's very nice of you to share, Roof. I'm glad. Right? You know, everyone's got to be on a grind, and I respect yours. Well, this was a very exciting weekend of basketball. Um, very hectic turn of events. Suns lost in embarrassing fashion. The Celtics beat the Bucks pretty handily in Game Seven. Again, Game Sevens weren't the best. Horrible. At least this year Some around. Of the worst game in the second I've round. Ever seen. I am very excited. Yeah. <laughs> I am very excited. I tweeted out that I was going to have a, a lot of stuff to say on this podcast, and I am. And I think the best segment of mine is going to come when we talk about the Suns, but that's going to not be until like, you know, a couple segments later. Let's start with the 76ers right here because the, the this was the first team to get eliminated from all the second round teams, and we now know some things about Philly. They're bringing back Doc Rivers. James Harden is opting into his option, which is worth forty plus million a year. It's forty seven. Forty seven million a Jesus. year. And Joel Embiid also made some post game comments about James Harden and him saying that he's not the same player anymore. It's not Houston Harden. He's more of a playmaker. Now just what do you think about all of this that's going on with Philly? How you feel about them going forward? You know, is there 
room for optimism or is this just kind of like a black hole? Um, I mean, when you have Joel Embiid, it's always room for optimism. You know, he's a, in the regular season, probably a top four player in the NBA. You know, he's been playing like an MVP the last two seasons, been just as dominant as anybody in the league. But his comments, they were obvious. We can all agree. You know, James Harden hasn't looked the same. But they add a line, in your opinion? No, I wouldn't say they okay. were out of line. He, he, he Even kept, though that's a teammate. If they was out of line, I don't feel like Harden would have opted in. Really? No, I mean, he opted in. I mean, 47, 47 mil. Who, who's giving him 47? That is true. Who's giving him 40? That is true. Who's giving him 35? But I think, like, sometimes you got to call out your teammates. And I, I agree. think, like, Harden being, like, I don't think Harden is soft. I don't think mm-hmm. him being a veteran in this game, him understanding what, like, he knows he wasn't, right? You know, he said it himself. This is going to be the first offseason he really has to get that hamstring right if it is still bothering him, which it looks like it has. So this is going to be the first summer he needs to get right. I think Daryl Morey needs to make some moves. You know, George Niang, Danny Green. Respect my twin. They're not good. They need to, to really better, fix up that rotation. You know, Matisse Thybul, I don't like, as great as he is defensively, he's literally nothing on offense. He misses layups, can't shoot. He needs to definitely get in the lab. They need to build up this team. You know, they're waiting on Tyreek's Maxi to make another leap. They want Harden to come back stronger than what he was last year. But they definitely need to fix up the rotation. Doc Rivers coming back. Realistically, what coach is on the market right now? You know, you look at the market. I know a lot of people are confused at why he's come back. But look at the market. Who, is, who are you really going to sign? The person that just got signed was Mike Brown. I don't think you're going to pick Mike Brown over Doc Rivers at this point. Like, So I think at this point you had to bring him back. You had to give him, to be fair, to Philly. And B got hurt. You know, so it's like that really put a dent. Now, I don't want to say a dent in the season, but that definitely hurt them in the series, the series against Miami. Heat, for sure. You know, they did lose two straight, but that still, that, that hurt them in the series. So I think right now they just need to build that, that rotation, build up that depth. And James Harden needs to come back better than he was last year. 100%. Uh, I'll say this. Do I think Joel Embiid's comments were out of line? Not really. Not really. I, we, If anything we've learned about Joel Embiid is that he's going to tell you exactly how he feels especially if it's in reference of the team getting better. He was very vocal about Ben Simmons. He said, listen, Ben, you need to get in the lab. You you need to start being aggressive. He was very vocal about that. And I'm sure that Embiid's just as vocal when it comes to just the two of them having a private conversation. I can understand when you get into the media, that's when it starts to become an issue because you want to keep certain things private. But there's some guys that are trying to motivate you in different ways. Embiid's a unique individual where he wants to motivate you by challenging you to the media because he understands his words have significant meaning. He speaks, here we are talking about it on the podcast because he is that impactful of an NBA player. He's 100% right. He's not that same player right now because he has been trying to come back from this hamstring injury for an entire season, really didn't have a full offseason to work. Now he has a, a, a full offseason to recuperate that hamstring. And we've seen hamstring injuries, especially a player towards the back end of their career, start to, to hinder their play. And James Harden has to get through that. And in order for Philly to reach the heights that they want to reach, James Harden has to be James Harden. That was said when the trade was made. It can be said until James Harden's time's done in Philly. If James Harden wants to win a championship in Philadelphia, if Joel Embiid wants to win a championship with James Harden being his counterpart... James Harden has to step up to the plate. Now, as Doc Rivers being the head coach, 
I don't mind it. He's had to deal with some some interesting circumstance. Last year, he comes in year one, the first seed in the Eastern Conference, overachieved in that sense, and they underachieved come playoff time. And that was due to Ben Simmons' mental lapse, where it was very uncharacteristic of him to just completely take himself out of a game offensively. Defensively, he was still Ben Simmons, but offensively, he refused to to be aggressive. And and that definitely impacted the that outcome of that series. Now this year, you don't have Ben Simmons playing the first half of the season, and they played relatively well. Joel Embiid, when he was on the court, had them in contention night in, night out. That's why Joel Embiid was a candidate for the MVP. And then the trade happens, James Harden comes in, and then James Harden was excellent for those first three games, and then you got an inconsistent play out of him. And it was a lot that he had to manage, and the roster construction itself wasn't great overall, and he did what he could. Of course, you come up short, and you can't be happy with that outcome, especially when you have Joel Embiid, who's expiring. Of course, Joel Embiid is great right now. He is a top top four, top five player at worst in the NBA. But who knows how, how much longer that body can take. I think that you need to, if you're Philadelphia, continue to try and put the best roster out while you have Embiid in his prime, and you don't know how long that's going to last for. Philly is stuck. It's as simple as that. They lost to the Heat 99 to 90 in game six. It felt like much more. I didn't think Philly ever had a chance. Uh, the main problem is that they're too top heavy. They have four players it's Harden, it's Tobias, 100%. it's Embiid, and it's Tyrese Maxey. Everybody else after that, Danny Green, I'll, I'll put him in there as well. Everybody after that. Get well soon, Danny. Is not somebody that you can rely on. You can't rely on Ian. You can't rely on Shake Milton. You can't rely on Cork Miles. You can barely rely on You can't on rely Tobias. on DeAndre Jordan. No, you can't. You can't rely on any of their bench players. You can't rely on Thibault. Because of that, that's Philly's major problem. And they just, they just have no depth. And Doc Rivers saying, you know, Doc Rivers staying, and I, I think it's a good move. Only because... I mean, Doc Rivers was right in, in his post-game press conference. He said, when I first got here, no one picked us to be anywhere. Sure. People take that quote and they say, oh, but you had Embiid and Simmons. Yeah, we picked you to, you know, make the final. Like, nobody picked Philly to make finals no when way. Doc Rivers first got the job. It was fresh off when Jimmy Butler had just left. They signed Tobias Harris. People had tame expectations for Philadelphia. And he took them to the first seed. And this year, they were a top three seed. No, they were the fourth seed. So... Doc Rivers has done an okay job. And to be fair to him, James Harden gets traded for at the midway point of the season. George Niang went on NBC Sports Philadelphia on a podcast that they do and said they had four to five practices with James Harden. Four to five practices isn't enough practice to implement somebody of James Harden's stature into an offense. And Patrick Beverly on first take today was talking about how James, how Doc Rivers playing for him, his offense. Doc Rivers demands a lot out of the point guard position. So maybe Harden not playing to his regular self is more so due to the fact of him trying to incorporate himself into Doc Rivers' system. Maybe it's him not being the same. Maybe it's a combination of both. But either way, this team needs a full offseason to fully mesh together and to figure out how they're going to run their offense. Because Harden and Embiid, both their play styles are contrasting play styles. They don't complement each other. And that's something that I said when Embiid, when Harden first got traded to Philadelphia. But here's where everything goes bad. And this doesn't look good, good for Harden. 
four losses to the Heat were by an average of 18 and a half points. That's the largest margin of victory in a loss in Sixers history. Wow. So this was an embarrassingly bad series for Philadelphia. There have been 4,062 postseason games since 1996, and Harden is the only NBA player in that 26-year span to fail to score in the second half while committing at least three turnovers in at least 23 minutes. This was an embarrassingly bad second-half performance for James Harden in most of these games. Yeah, he was historic. He played in six second halves. He had 11 turnovers and nine total baskets in all of those second halves combined. And that's a lot. And I just don't know where Harden goes from here. Is he going to opt into his option? Of course. It's money that he can't pass up on. Absolutely not. Should Philadelphia extend him? Uh, Depending on the number, they should. But what Philadelphia has to do this offseason is they have to offload Tobias Harris because Tobias Harris doesn't fit in with this team. They have to get more role players. And Joel Embiid said something that, that I really agreed with. And this is his exact quote. We've never had P.J. Tucker. That's really what I'm trying to say. Joel Embiid was talking about the toughness of certain teams and how in his time in Philadelphia, he's never had a enforcer like a Marcus Smart, Jimmy, like a PJ Tucker. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy that was, leash. that was, that was for a short amount of time. Leash in what way? And then we'll get back to Brett Brown. Okay. All right. That was a short amount of time. But what Joel Embiid is saying is that he's never had one of those just glue hustle guys on Philadelphia. And he feels like that's something they're missing a PJ Tucker. And I totally love him giving P- PJ, PJ his flowers. credit because yeah. he was phenomenal as well. Shooting-wise, defensively, we know who PJ Tucker <laughs> is. On to Joel Embiid's um, – actually, before I get on to that, Harden was asked if Doc Rivers basically caused plays to get him the ball. And Harden refused to answer it and just said next question, which means that Doc Rivers doesn't. So that's, an, that's probably another reason why Harden failed to really – implement himself in the offense and Doc Rivers has a lot to blame it has a lot of blame in that. I didn't like Joel Embiid's comments. I didn't like it at all. Like not one bit. Because he called your boy out? Not because he called Harden out. It's because it just showed me that he's not a leader. His comments showed me he is not a leader. He said these two quotes. At some point you have to stop looking at the front office and coaching staff. You have to look at the players. I like that. Okay. That's something I do like I because agree. he's saying He's basically co-signing Doc and what Elton Brand has done, which was give give Al Horford a shit ton of money to only trade him and find out it didn't fit. Elton Brand has made a lot of shit moves. So for Embiid to be like, oh, we got to stop looking at the front office coaches. I mean, the front office is the reason why there's no depth on your team. That's true. That's one thing. And Doc Rivers, we've seen time and time again, him failing to adjust has also caused the Sixers, has also caused the Sixers big time and teams in the past big time. But I do like that he's also holding players accountable. And in himself included in that. But then him saying, since we got him, everybody expected Houston James Harden. But that's not who he is anymore. You may look at that as being real. Maybe it's how Joel Embiid feels. But it's a stupid comment for him to make. And the reason why it's stupid for him to make was because three games into James Harden's tenure, the first quote that came out of your mouth was, I've never been this open in my life. At that point, you weren't saying, oh, no, man, he's not the same. No. But now that he's going through a rough stretch, instead of instead of saying and this is what Joel Embiid actually should have said. And this is where maybe my beating media training comes in so handy. I'm like a PR guy. <laughs> but Joel Embiid should have said was, 
I understand James Harden had a rough series and he hasn't totally been himself, but we have to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's been stringing a hamstring injury that he played through last year in the playoffs and he hasn't been able to have a full offseason to totally work on his basketball skill. This year, he was really hindered by that. So I'm really looking forward to this offseason and seeing how James Harden comes back from that injury because I think he's going to be back to his normal self and I'm going to love playing but maybe with him he, when he does that. Maybe Embiid's not, though. Maybe he's tired of carrying them all the time. But this is, this is, this is where I want to get to. We just saw Pat Bev go on a media tour slanting Chris Paul. But in the midst of that entire media tour, he also said, I would still give James Harden the max because Doc Rivers is tough to play for. Pat Bev, somebody who played with James Harden in Houston, is defending him. And Joel Embiid, who Harden is his current teammate, can't say, look at what this guy's been through with his injury. I mean, this guy played through a grade two hamstring last year in the playoffs. He played 60 plus minutes on it. Let's give him time to come back from this because I know when he comes back, we're going to be a much better team because at the end of the day, if Joel Embiid is wise, he realizes this, the Sixers are stuck. And unless you're getting that version of James Harden, you are not competing for a championship. So ultimately maybe you're right. Maybe Embiid is tired of it. And that's another thing I thought of. We might be seeing Joel Embiid demand a trade soon. If he sees Philly being this stuck. That's facts, though. I don't see it. No, you're right. Maybe he won't demand a trade. He'll leave. He just played with a broken face. But how can he leave without demanding a trade? I mean, how many years yeah, like does he have left, left on his contract? He'll leave two, after uh, the two, contract. Two, three. You think he'll wait that long? You're, you know what? Understandable, given his body. He wants to maximize I just his prime right now. Back-to-back years of his co-star... Not playing good in the in a playoff series when it matters most. When it matters most, and him carrying, I think that puts like I understand you don't like the comments, but that sometimes that puts you in a like he's like, probably just upset. And like, Joel, he didn't play his best. Joel, he had a broken face. I was gonna say Joel and Bleed playing with a fractured still. a fractured orbital st- comes back definitely putting his body on the line. I'm sure he wants a little bit out of his number two, and he's not giving that to him. He didn't give that to him. He gave it to he gave that to him in game four. He 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 had a stellar performance. It was his best game in months. That's for sure. Harden was phenomenal. I didn't get fooled by, by that performance. Of course, though. I know what was going to happen. Absolutely, game six was but, terrible. But at the same time, like that's just been the epitome of Harden this whole season. But at the same time, Embiid has to instill confidence in his teammates as a leader. He has to be able to say, "No, I believe in this guy." Maybe he's not a leader. That's what I'm saying. I think his comments showed me that he's not a leader. He needs somebody like a Jimmy Butler. Was Shaquille O'Neal a leader in your opinion? No. No, not the best one, I would say. Definitely not. No. But we're still able to get the job done. Yeah, but there, it's different because and with those Lakers teams and all-star we're players. We're talking about a great team. All-star players don't have to be leaders. Like on those Laker teams, the usually the guy, the middle guy, the middle man was Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher was the leader on those teams. When you look at the Lakers that won a championship in 2010 and 2009, the leader on those teams was Derek Fisher. Kobe was the best player and Kobe does have a mindset tough as nails, okay. but Derek Fisher was the calming presence in, on those teams. I feel like in the later stages of Kobe's career, he definitely was more a leader. 100% the reason I disagree, with that, I, I disagree with that statement because we also saw that same Kobe, once that team got worse, was still screaming at his teammates in practice and throwing the ball at them. Well, I mean, Jordan did that. He had a whole career of doing that, and that was his way of being a leader. Yeah, I understand, but that that's not a way that usually, you know, 
I mean, leaders there's, there's lead. different strokes for different folks. That's yeah. really what it comes what, down to. I know what you're to, saying, but which is why I don't mind the Embiid comments. I understand it comes off a little bit brash, right? But end of the day, this is his way of motivating these guys. Listen, I am not going to hold back my feelings. You need to come correct. And then for him to say, it's like for for him and Jimmy Butler to have this love that fest was that was crazy. Is just is just ridiculous. In that my was opinion. crazy. It's just I ridiculous. agree. That I agree with. So. What's wrong with it? I mean, bro, you just lost to him, and then you're basically just... I wish I had him on my team. Exactly. Like, it's on. like egregious. But he's understanding and voicing... Listen, like what I've been saying, Joel Embiid's not a, a private individual when it comes to what he's thinking. True. They made a mistake. You should have signed him instead of Tobias. That's yeah, obvious. That, that's, that's another thing, right? Because not only did he not vouch for Harden and kind of toss Harden to the side like he's, this some, I, this he's, agree. he's dirty laundry, yeah. Yeah. he also... Inadvertently said, "Yeah, we fucked up signing Tobias." <laughs> Essentially, that's what he inadvertently but said. Let's be, did, was is he wrong about that? He's not wrong about but, it. But so then, but what's, that, what but, is wrong with what he said? No, it's not. There's nothing wrong with it. But uh-huh. as a leader, I mean, you, wrong. You like have factual. you have now outcasted two of your four best players. Tobias got to go. He's got to go. We okay, know this. Okay, Harden's got to okay, stay. But I'm saying, no let's choice. just say they're all together. You you just basically shoved two of your best players to the side. That's what I'm saying. They got to play better, man. This is two years in a row. I'm not talking Harden specifically. Tobias was not good. Ben was not good last year. This season, Tobias was inconsistent. I won't say he wasn't good. He was inconsistent. This year, Tobias was not good. Harden pitted me inconsistent. I mean, I understand we're trying to give Embiid the benefit of the doubt because he's the best player. I understand that. But at the the same time, we remember that Atlanta series last year. He didn't show up for any fourth quarter. Ben, he Simmons, was ben Simmons didn't show up for four quarters. Correct. Okay, almost I, I understand. Game. I understand, but Embiid also didn't show up because for he was what? Quarters. He was gassed because of what so he was work doing. On your conditioning. He, no, he was backpacking and carrying them bums. He was carrying them. He was legit <laughs> carrying bums, bro. Like, come on, bro. Let's not do that, bro. He was carrying bums just like he was carrying bums this series. I don't want to hear that because if if, if any other star player has a shit fourth quarter and you end up losing that game, then you're gonna say you didn't you didn't live up to your superstar status. In those fourth quarters and B didn't play to his standard in those fourth quarters and that's the bottom line of it so that's why I, I understand the comments but th- those aren't endorsements like that as yeah. a leader of a team you just can't say things like that and that's my main point Luca's playing with the worst roster than Embiid has ever had but well at, as the Sixers have been in the playoffs at least and you don't go Lucas saying oh man yeah like we need I wish I had oh. Bradley Beal on my team you're he doesn't say that. He he says he thinks these guys are great players, and whether he believes it or not, he's bringing that endorsement. And Bede's been in the league a little bit longer. He has a little bit more leeway in what he says. Yes, Luca's already on that superstar. Luca's made level a conference sure. finals no. before Embiid. Yeah. He has more leeway. Yeah. Luca has no, more leeway but not. Embiid. But vocally, he can't. He can't be like that yet. He's he's still too young. Oh, uh, you know what's the difference between Luca and Embiid? Luca will talk shit and give you forty. No, nope, like he did I, whoa, to the Suns. Embiid will come on, stop. Like he did to the Suns. Embiid will talk crazy and Booker, still give Booker, you forty. Booker, Booker said Luca's special. They blew the Mavericks out in Game nah, Five. He's cold. Luca looked at the camera and said, "Everybody acts tough when they're up," and then came back and won two straight games. Luca's a legend. Let's, I, let's, let's, let's yes, chill. but he's still young and he can't jaw crazy. You about know what his else team. is also crazy about um, Dallas blowing the Suns out? Didn't Woody have 30? 
Jalen Brunson had 25. His his his, his guys, co- his to guys came to play basketball. That's facts. They came to actually play ball. That's facts. Arden did not. Other but than Embiid didn't come to play ball either. Well, he I mean, showed up, but he didn't he play had like a Embiid. broken come on, man. face. Okay, so come on. Stop. What, stop. What, 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 stop. Go, Joel, Joel, come on. Go, 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 go. Isn't Riv the one that always says, if you suit up, you suit it up? I don't want to hear any excuses. Don't you always say that? He had a broken face. He He's right, though. He had a, but he had, is there, he's had, had broken face. He I couldn't agree. see the ball, I agree. bro. Like, he, he, he Listen, could not, not see the ball. And he still came to play, bro. Like he still came to show up. He suited up. But did he came Listen, to play like you, MVP and B? No. He no, wasn't sir. MVP and B. Did Harden play like anything Harden? No. Oh, okay. There it is. Come this on, is then, a, this but, is another fourth quarter stinker yes. that Harden has had, and where he's he's shown his career that he just doesn't show up for those moments. Simple. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate, I hate it had to be. Actually, I don't hate it had to be him. I don't hate it had to be him. But you picked Philly out to come out the East this year. You're a liar. <laughs> I don't hate it had to be him. It's just he shows you who he is. I'm sorry, but oh, you know, Philly's Philly's gonna be fine. They need to build that. Do team you think up. they're gonna be fine? As long as they have Embiid, they'll be a playoff. It's gonna team. be a very Interesting offseason to look forward to if you're a Sixers fan because you need to what see something What can you realistically happen. get for Tobias Harris? Role players, that's it. $36 million. Tobias Harris. Who's who's taking that contract? The Kings? The Pistons? Maybe. Maybe. Sadiq Bey is better than him. He wouldn't trade <laughs> Sadiq Bey, though. I'm just, no, I'm just, they have Jeremy. I wouldn't trade Jeremy Griffin for Tobias Harris. I, I really wouldn't do it. Would you? I wouldn't do it. No, I wouldn't do it either, but. <laughs> yeah, so it's like. He's, they can get Corey Joseph. That's worse than shit. I don't know. Maybe Orlando. They could use a little bit. Of, Orlando's not. They, I know. I mean, they could I said use the a only dumb stuff. franchise is the Kings. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they have uh, Harrison Barnes is better Barnes than Barnes and Holmes. And then um, <laughs> Philly throws in some picks. Like, listen, man. <laughs> Yo, you bring Barnes to Philly for Tobias? That's interesting. I is would it? do that. I would do guy. that. Yeah, exactly. But you, you know, I don't. They who need... knows what Harrison Barnes could do in the playoffs? I mean, we last time we saw it was bad, but it's been years. It's been years. Who knows if he's that same guy? He's going to turn into a spot up shooter when he gets to Philly. You think? Yes. I mean, Tobias, he gets opportunities with the ball and he misses. to make something happen. I agree. What's the point of him having the ball? <laughs> Not much, but I'm saying maybe, maybe something Malcolm happens Brogdon? different. For the Tobias, Pacers, the Pacers wouldn't do it. No, no, nobody would. That's my point. Tobias is literally damn near untradeable. He's almost like Westbrook. But I feel like Malcolm's available though. Not for the, Tobias. No, no, I agree. But I mean, they have the point guard already. They have Halliburton. It's it's a possibility. Can play both though. No, I understand. Who's better, Brogdon or Tobias? Tobias is better. You think so? I yes. would. Ta- I would personally take Brogdon. <laughs> it's. I, I mean, really it's really. Know. Come it's on, really no, a it's really a toss up for like, me. Dude. I'm really stuck here. You would take Tobias. Tobias is better. You disrespect Tobias a little bit too much. I mean, bro, he really what's is the just the epitome yeah, what's of the disrespect? Dude. You just act like he's just like mid. unserviceable player. <laughs> no, he's I, mid. This, when you need him, he's unserviceable. He's mid. You're gonna pull up his numbers. So I'm gonna tell you he's mid. I told you last season he was he was decent but inconsistent. He's good. He, he'll give this you a year, cool 18, he was, 19 a game. What was going on? But it's like it's probably the most. It's ugly. I don't give a shit. Nineteen <laughs> in like NBA history. <laughs> like I just okay, you know. Maybe I'm being maybe no. I'm I being know. What you, I know what you're saying. Vice You're maybe. just being very firm about it, which is fine. Maybe I'm being a little. It's funny hard. though. I mean, we'll see, man. It's <laughs> funny said, though. It's probably the most ancient nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's how I feel about Bam? So really, 
Nah, just, not, not at that level. Like, I know, I know. Defense, I'm like, just talking. What's Tobias doing? Coming up, pulling up, jump shot. It's like, okay, it's Close my going. Maybe. Maybe not. When know. he atta- when he attacks the basket, I'm not ha- I'm not looking forward to that. When he gets the it's ball, it's like maybe Chicago could trade for him. When Zach Levine leaves, <sighs> if we get don't Tobias, don't waste bro, your energy. <laughs> I'd be in misery. No, I'd really be like, bro. Oh my god, <laughs> no, I watching him chuck is crazy. I like him and Vooch the same guy to me. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like watching him play, I, Vooch turned up for y'all. Turned up for what? In the playoffs, he was he was what, wide what open. You, yeah, he was. He's if you're wide open, I don't care what you do. You're wide whoa, open. Whoa, whoa! I don't care if you're wide That's open. That's not necessarily true. Being left wide open. If, if DeMar's getting a screen, they're trapping him every time. It's left wide open. I don't, I don't know, man. It's rude. What is Tobias? Like a top 80 player in the NBA? 90? 75? <laughs> I think he's a top 60. <laughs> you don't believe that. You don't believe that. I think Gary Fox is like top 50. Oh, my God. That's low. He's pretty that's much. Low, I think he's bro. pretty. Stop. I think he's confidently better than Tobias Harris. I think yes. De'Aaron was like more top 40. Really? Yeah, I'm telling you, you were very Where's RJ, very top low. 50? He should be top 50. He's confidently better than Tobias Harris. Like, conf- like I'm willing to, like, confidently better than Tobias Harris. And Tyrese Maxey. So it's like. Tyrese Maxey, man, another one. Inconsistent. Harris is top 90 in the league. Top <laughs> 90. That's hilarious. On to the next topic. The Memphis Grizzlies lost to the Golden State Warriors 96 to 110 in game six. Out. This was the battle of the old versus new, old school versus new school. People picked some people picked Memphis to overtake Golden State and now take that next step as the young, up and coming young team that they are. Steph, though, he said that after they lost to the playing against them last year, that this, it wasn't going to be the same result. And now he beat them, beats them in the playoffs. So there's that. But do the Grizzlies need to acquire another star to take that next step, or do you think they just have to keep building? up this core they currently have, or maybe use some of these depth, piece, depth pieces to go get a young star. Maybe Zach Levine's on the market and they want to trade because he's the only star that's really available. Bill? Bill is sort of available. He's available. Yeah, you think Zach better than Bill? No, it's because he is. No, it's because he is. Yeah, it's because right. he is. I respect. At least you respect Zach to a degree. You keep throwing his name up. He wants him off the no, ball so just, he can root yeah, for him. I, I'm just letting you know that He's Zach gone. won't be on the Bulls next year. Well, Randall will be on the Knicks. So <laughs> you're not too sure about that. I'm not no, sure. I'm sure. About I'm, that. sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> if I'm the Knicks, I am not sure. Well, if you're the Knicks, you know nobody wants him. He's borderline Tobias Harris at this point. Um, first of all, congratulations to the Grizzlies. You know what I'm saying? Tough series. Without Ja, they played amazing, better than a lot of people. Well, not really, because people saw the record, exactly. but they played low key better than when they had Ja. But shout out to Ja. He put on an incredible performance. But the old and the experience always ends up winning. You know what I'm saying? The, people wanted the new young stars on the block to overtake the Warriors. It just didn't happen. <laughs> Do I think the Grizzlies need another star? I really don't think so. I honestly think they can build this team. You know, I think they have the proper depth. I think just everybody needs to get better. I think John needs to become a more... I don't want to say he needs to be an elite defender, but I'm going to use Steph as an example. Steph was a bad defender in his early career, continue to get better. And you know how you become better? You become better at communicating. You become stronger so you can be able to guard the third or fourth best guy who's usually a wing, a weak wing, or a spot-up shooter who's bigger than you. Become better as a team defender. John needs to do that. John needs to put more effort on the defensive end. He needs to continue to improve that jump shot. And if he does that, they'll be fine. Along with Jaron Jackson, just becoming more disciplined in the game, become a more, what's the word I want to use? Just more... 
focused, refined, refined, definitely, but definitely something in all along the line. He just he's too out of control. He he's needs, sporadic. Yeah, he's he's insane. He needs uh-huh. to relax. The fouling he needs to cut down. Defensive player of the year is going to be in his career when it's all said and done. Though I think he has that type of ability, but he definitely needs to become more controlled, more refined. He needs to become more disciplined. But I think they have the pieces. Aside from moving Dylan Brooks, I think, you know, Steph. Um, That's Austin, the name. Steph, That's John the name. Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. That's a pretty solid young big three. Then they just, they always continue to build the pieces around. They have a lot of draft picks. They have good players around them. De'Anthony Melton's still young. I hope they try to bring Tyus Jones back, but he'll probably go start somewhere else. But that's fine. They draft well. Zaire Williams looked really <clears throat> good against the Warriors playing in that role he was catching lobs defensively he was great he was hitting spot up jump shots he looked really great much better than Dylan Brooks better fit for them too so I think this team I don't think they need another star that's just going to push these young guys away because that's what happens I think they should just keep building on the foundation and the culture of what they have and just keep moving in that right direction get guys who fit the system don't go for talent go for fit and build around your young stars there's no reason to hit the panic button when your starting five's average age is under 26 years old. They overachieved tremendously being the second seed in the Western Conference this year. They had been the surprise of the season. They were absolutely excellent. Now, against the Warriors, the Warriors are just a better team right now. They're playing better basketball. You saw the Grizzlies really have a tough time against the Timberwolves, but they fought and multiple comeback victories where they were down over 20 points, what, two, three times? And the Grizzlies were still able to overcome. I don't mean to reopen that wound, King. I apologize. But the Warriors are just playing better basketball right now. And I don't think that you losing to the Warriors is something to to hang your head about and look to completely try and alter this team to, to try and put yourself over the top. You're still incredibly young. You still have years of development. You still can have John Morant become better, a better jump shooter like you mentioned. Desmond Bain still early in his development has already taken a great stride in his game. You have Jaron Jackson who defensively is very, very good. However, he gets in foul trouble way too often, is a little bit too aggressive, takes themselves out of games, especially when his team needs him the most. Dylan Brooks is the one piece that you look at and think, can we get a player like him that is just a notch above him? I don't know if you necessarily can. The one thing I'll say about... I think you need a smarter him. Offensively, obviously, because defensively he's great, and when yeah, he's on the court, I mean, defensively like, he's great. Offensively, a smarter him, he takes his them shot out of the selection. Rhythm. His shot selection is definitely questionable, and something that you can work on that, especially if you're. He was out a lot of the to the to start the season. Came in obviously later in the season, and he really. It took him some time to really find himself in that offense. I feel like an off season with Dylan Brooks now with everyone who is already proven we can do this as. As just our group alone, we can be successful. I think of an offseason with Dylan Brooks, with the new mindset of trying to play team basketball and not be so isolation heavy, he could work. But he's the one player that I look at and think, maybe I could upgrade a notch above him. But I don't know if I would do that right now. They have a good chemistry. They've shown they can have success. And you lost to the team that's potentially going to go to the finals. Yeah. There's none to hang your hat about. I knew the Warriors were going to win, but I was shocked at how they won. Out rebounding Memphis forty four to seventy, well seventy or forty four in their for case. sure, especially with Grizzlies being the leading rebounders in the NBA. Yeah, for sure. But we all knew that Memphis was never supposed to make it out the first round. 
Uh, whoa, Minnesota, whoa, we didn't all know that. We didn't all Minnesota know that. Minnesota was supposed to handily beat them. They're supposed to beat them in five, we're being truthful. No, we're not. That's what's supposed to happen. But, I mean, the only game the Grizzlies out-rebounded the Warriors was in game five, the blowout game, which it really felt like the Warriors came out just flat. They didn't really care too much about that. And just being out-rebounded by the Warriors hurt so much because they are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA. They attempt their top five in attempts in the NBA right now. I would say even top three. So because of that, when you're giving them so many more possessions, it just kills you defensively. I disagree on Dylan Brooks. I understand he can be very uh, knuckleheaded when it comes to taking shots, but Dylan Brooks is to the Grizzlies what Marcus Smart is to the Celtics, what other enforcers are to their teams. That's strong. Dylan, Dylan they had Brooks, a lot of success even before he came back. I understand, but Dylan Brooks is... The heart and soul of that Memphis team. Ugh, I don't. That's they strong. played better in the series without him. <clears throat> that's not true. That no, I, I think so. The game he got suspended was probably their best game. Honestly, and, I don't know. And, he, and he takes them. He, and offensively, he takes them out of rhythm a lot with his shots. Like even Game Six in Chase, the shots he he was making them, but those were bad shots, bro. He, he it's and I don't think we should. You should trade him quickly, of course. But he's been this player since Oregon. He's been this player, but I believe he's the heart and soul of that team. Personally, that's what I think. I think the two the two guys that are that for Memphis are Brandon Clark and Dylan Brooks. But Dylan Brooks is the outspoken leader. When you look at Memphis play, whenever a defensive stop happens, whenever somebody gets fouled, Dylan Brooks is right there clapping his hands, talking to everybody, and you need those guys on your team. And that's why I don't think Memphis should be jumping at the gun to try and trade and maybe reduce his role coming off the bench so he's more of a Jordan Clarkson and he can just go friendly fire like you'll just go firing firing bombs away but he is the heart and soul of that team in my opinion the other thing is that you know although Memphis lost I mean and they did play well without Ja we know they're not better without Ja and although they were 20 and 5 Ja in the first three three of the first four games led all scores he was simply amazing targeting Steph and Jordan Poole on these switches really hunting them but game six, Clay, as always, shows up in that game, save saving Steph again. Jackson, Tyson, Jordan, game six, the iciest IG story of all time. And then Kayvon Looney having twenty two rebounds. Now, do the Grizzlies need to take need to have another star? Need to trade for another star or acquire one? I think it's a little bit too early. I think we're a year away from it because it really depends. For one, Tyus Jones and Kyle Anderson are leaving. They're not coming back. They're free agents. I believe they're going to go. And quite frankly, the Grizzlies don't really need them. Because of Kyle Anderson, you can't really play Xavier Tillman what he should play. Zaire Williams now heading into his sophomore season should demand more minutes. And if you bring back Kyle Anderson, that's probably not going to happen. Tyus Jones, that loss is going to hurt. But you can have somebody like DeAnthony Melton fill in that role, and I think Memphis can be fine. It's really on Jaron Jackson Jr., and this is what I've been saying. I've been saying that Memphis won't take that leap until Jaron Jackson takes that leap. This year, he took that leap in terms of being in a deep way conversation, but he still, he still gets into foul trouble way too often. All the time, he's in foul trouble. So he has to clean up that. And he's not an efficient three-point shooter. In his first couple of seasons, he was shooting 37 or 38% from three. Now he's down to 32 33%. He has to become an efficient three-point shooter takes horrible and, and really start becoming that second go-to option behind Ja. Him, him 
being ineffective in the Timberwolves series is what costs the Grizzlies the most in that series, if I'm just being honest. And then it's really about Zaire Williams. The reason they gambled on him at the 10th overall pick was because they saw him being maybe a star in the near future, possibly. I know this year his role was a 3-and-D player, but I don't believe that's his maximum value. I think they believe Zaire Williams can hopefully develop into a much better player, and he can at least get close to that, like similar to like a Desmond Bain. But that's what the key is for Memphis. They still finish second in the Western Conference, but they need these guys to improve, and we all know it really depends on Ja's health because for sure. this team is not going to win on star power. It's going to win on a well-run team that has a lot of continuity and chemistry and Zach Kleiman has already said that you know Robert Perra is willing to open up the checkbook and bring back everybody so ownership is on board to spend whatever to have this team win so it's really on the players these guys draft to now develop and take that next step and that's Zaire Williams that's Desmond Bain that's Jaron Jackson Jr. that's these other guys that really have to step up and take that next step is Desmond Bain the second best shooter in the NBA Who's number two? Damn, I wish I. It's on the spot. It's on the spot, so I understand you think about it. Yeah, I wish I would have thought about it because that's that was his quote. He said, "Outside of Steph Curry, I'm the second best shooter in the NBA." I'm confident about paying homage to the goat. Um, I mean, bro, he is lights out. I got it. Damn, I got to see another year. Are you taking? Okay, are you taking Dame? Are you taking Desmond? Dame takes harder threes. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, Damn. That's a conversation. You give respect to Dame so fine. I don't mind that. I don't mind it. That's tough, bro. I don't know. He's top five. He shoots the... He is insane. He's top five. He's definitely Fine. Top That's five. a lock. He's top five. That's a lock. Um, damn. I, I wish... I, if you would have asked me this last year, I would have said Duncan Robinson. Of course, but that is out the window. Joe Harris. Okay, me, fine. I'll let, I'll let him come back because his percentages are insane. KD. Mm, I go Bane. Respectfully. I don't think that's respectfully. No, no, it is. I mean, Desmond uh, Bain really—he's got—he's got a crazy. Are you accounting jumper. for difficulty in these in this, mm. or just spot up? You let the ball go from the three-point range more often than not; it's going in. You think if KD had the same threes as Bain, his percentage is the same? Yeah, I might. Probably, okay. Yeah, probably. Yeah. probably. <laughs> I might. I might lean KD. That's no no knock on yeah, Bain. No, I mean it's Kate. It's Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's oh, now nah, he's top five. Bain okay. is top five. All right. I don't know about two, but he's mm-hmm. definitely top five. Yeah, Westbrook. Ever, okay. Yeah, I know. Uh, you ever notice that Desmond Bain has little arms, but he's mad like strong. Yo, he's arced. Yeah, he is. He, he does like, have really short arms. Like really short little arms, right? Was, Somebody said that he was the option on two K where he shortened up his arms all the way to shoot better. <laughs> I, I won't go off topic, but that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> oh, my God, because that's really a fact in 2K. The less of your arms are, the better shooter you are. Really? Arm. Yeah, it's really yeah, stupid you, as hell. If you make know your arms short as hell, it ups your three-pointer by, like, plus eight, ten And if you put your arms Why? long, yeah. it, it makes your layups go up, but it makes your jump shot go I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. It is. That's how people build in 2K, yep. Okay. I yeah. didn't know that. I Do y'all think Bane can become an all-star? Close to it, he, but I don't he really has think that he, he has that potential. It's like if you think Tyler Hero could be an all star, then you got to think Desmond Bain. Ooh, okay. I don't. You don't think he, you don't think he could be like a one time all star? I feel like we throw all star too much. No, on. that's not, not that necessarily many, that's not true. That that's not league, that necessarily bro. true. It's not that many all stars in the league. I don't think Tyler Hero could be an all star. I think he is. He just averaged twenty two coming off the bench. Average twenty. 
Apologize. I thought I thought it was twenty two. I was being a smart ass. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I mean, listen. If 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 heroes' names being thrown in the conversation of being an all star, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Desmond's in there. I'll you think I, Desmond Bain's better than Tyler Hero? He is. He's on he's on par at least. I, I think he's I would better than I would Tyler lean Hero. Desmond Bain, but I mean that. Are you, you going to call me crazy I for think, taking him over Tyler I think Hero? You're making this, it doesn't need to be. I think Desmond Bain is better than Tyler Hero. Defensively, come on, it's not a conversation. What's a what's a what's a? I don't. If, um, Tyler Hero is a good offensive scorer for sure, but Desmond Bain can do it both ways. He's a better shooter than him too. Who? Oh, the, uh, yes, Desmond Hero? Bain's a better shooter. Oh yeah, than yeah, yeah, yeah. Hero. It's, it's like I don't know. Like we look at all stars, right? You're like, a Hero supporter. You guys are just sucking Desmond Bain right now. Yo, bro, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, like I look, acting like he's way better than Tyler Hero. No, I'm not saying he's what? way better. I just, I'm just said, like, this guy at, doesn't listen to you when you speak sometimes, really. <laughs> I literally said it's a conversation. The I way you're describing game. it is like, it's not even a conversation. Defensively? I think, I think Tyler Hero is a better offensive player. That's not even close. I, I'm with you. Yes, he can score in different No, facets. he can handle the ball better. He can play me better. Hmm. I think Chris Middleton is a low-tier all-star, right? Like a low-end yeah, all-star? Yeah, that's literally what I think Desmond Bain's ceiling is, though. Yeah, I mean, I think Tyler Hero's ceiling is higher than Chris Middleton. No, so then why are you saying all star? But that's what I'm. I mean, we just we we call everybody in the world an all star. Any any guy who just puts up twenty points, all star. And it's like I hear you, but Jordan Clarkson can put up around the same production as Tyler Hero, bro. But we wouldn't call him an all star. No, we wouldn't. No, he can't, bro. <laughs> He averages eighteen. It's, you're disrespectful. Yo. It's no, I know you are being a little disrespectful. No, I'm not saying I'm not Clarkson. saying Jordan Clarkson is better. Is it like me saying De'Aaron Fox is an All Star? Like you're gonna look at me like I have four heads? No. Is he an All Star? I mean, yes. Right, he's an All Star caliber player. Or we're talking about somebody who averages eighteen uh, for a sure. game. Oh no, I'm definitely not saying Jordan Clarkson. That's what no, I'm we're trying talking to say about. To him. Desmond Bain. He's not an All Star. No, not yet. But we're saying what's his ceiling? Yeah. The, the only way he will ever be an All Star. Was is that if, not the question? What's his ceiling? Yeah. Okay, just making sure. The only way he will ever be an all-star is if the Memphis Grizzlies are the one seed and he's the second leading scorer on that team. So Therefore, by default, so what he, he becomes be. an all-star. So Tyler Harrow just averaged 22. They were the number one seed and he didn't sniff an all-star. So when well, is he going to get it? didn't in? sniff as strong. He was definitely It's because he was a six-man, though. If, if, he's, if he's a starter and does that, it's looked at much differently. Maybe has there ever been a six man to make the All Star game? Lou Will, Lou Will, I was gonna say with the Clippers, he yeah. was that was the big one of the bigger snubs at the time. That is true. Lou Will clears, and by he the way. he had the better he had a better season that year than Tyler Hero is having right now. So that's true. That's true. That's what I'm saying. I don't know, man. I just I look at Tyler. I don't look at Tyler Hero as big as you guys. I I mean, listen, he's a good player though. I, mean, I agree. That's I don't, I don't facts. Think, I don't think I don't look at what you see. I don't. He's a. Walker. It's not what I see. I just I'm realistic about who he is. But you are a bit disrespectful about. I'm not disrespectful. Again, do you think uh, the, so, just saying someone's better is apparently disrespectful? No, no, no not really. Talk, really, let him explain. Let him explain. I know, I know how Riv thinks. Yeah, and I know me. how he feels. <laughs> yeah, what you, what For one, I feel like you think mm-hmm. like Jordan Poole and Tyrese Maxey are like on this different tier than Tyler no. Hero. I think you do. You're no. probably saying no right now. Those four are, are all in a tier together, in my opinion. I agree, but I think Jordan, oh, Desmond Baines, I think, like a notch below. What, what are f- you on? What are you on? That is that is weird. It's kind of weird. I think he's you talking about it in terms of potential or in terms of like what they play right now. Oh, potential. Oh, that's what we're talking about, right? Okay, fair. I, I thought I had to make sure. Okay, so you think I, you believe that I think Maxi Baines a notch below I think Tyler you, I Hero? I think Maxi clears 
Hero? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I do, I do believe just, that. That's just not true. I do it believe that. Because that. I think Tyler Hero, out of all of them, is the biggest cone in the world. That's why. Like, that's that's what I think. He's a walking, he's literally a park car. Huge. He's He's a defensive liability on any team he plays for, on anybody he guards. I'm talking about he can guard Kyle Lowry. He is a defensive liability, like <laughs> Kyle Lowry right now. That's why I look at him like, I mean, yeah, he can score 20. A lot of guys can, right? You act like Jordan Poole doesn't get hunted down, though. Jordan Poole does. Yeah, that's why I didn't say his name. Okay. All right. I'm just making sure. No, that's why I didn't say I his name I feel like you think Jordan Poole clears too, though. I think he clears because of the organization and where he's at. That's why I think he clears. Ceiling-wise, you're saying. Warriors versus the Heat. Are you serious? Are you? What player outside of D-Wade has the Heat drafted that's turned into a superstar or an all-star? You can't well, how, think when have right they now. Had the top uh, top pick, Bam. which is but which is why I'm saying I trust the Warriors in their development of pool. The he developed good role players. You're gonna allow me to say Bam, and we haven't just seen as the Wizzle, the only one, is the only one I can I think of. That's what I'm know. saying. Miami Miami adapts good role players. Okay, the Warriors create stars. Mm. What about Wiseman? Wiseman is in gear too. Come on, you think he'll be a star? You think he'll, they're gonna create him? Kaminga can Kaminga be a star? Andrew. I think he'd be Andrew Bogut. Well, Kuminga had the star potential before he went to Golden State. He could have went and so anywhere. Did Wiseman. In you are you're a liar. You're about to lie. You're about to lie. Kuminga? You, you, you're about to say Kuminga could have went anywhere and got that same potential. Wait, wait. You're about wait, to wait, lie. Wait, so because you know that's not true. Before, you know he wouldn't have reached that before, potential in Orlando. You know before, that. Before I make this statement. You're about to, you're we're, about to during, when we were draft when we were doing our draft scouting. Who scouting, did you say? Who's the team? Can you I said? finish? Yeah, can yeah. I finish? He's about to cap. Before when uh-huh. we were doing our draft scouting. Were we not on the same page about him going to Toronto and that's the best spot? Because they're the best what? Because they're one of the best what? The, Developmental the, the, okay. teams. But you just yeah. said you just said Kaminga could have went anywhere. You know that's cap. Well, most teams. He would, bro, if like Kaminga, we knew had star potential though, bro. In the right situation because he was raw. We no, no, said that. We, we said, said that. That okay. is what was said. There's a difference though. Whether you believe he will develop into a star is different than saying he has star but that's, potential. That's my whole point. Anywhere he went, he would have had that potential. Yeah, still. but that's my whole that's my whole point with Poole. His situation is why I deem him he's going to be better down the road than Hero because of where he's being developed and who he's being developed under. Yeah, but I also think Miami is a great developmental place. Bam became players. a star. He was he was he didn't have people didn't think he was going to be a star out of college. They didn't think he was going to be this good. Defensive star. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's an not, all-star. He's an all-star player. Okay. They okay, developed him to an all-star. Okay, so let's I'll not act like Miami is just this place that people don't develop. No, I said they develop good role players. They do. They develop Duncan Robinson. Cool. Gabe Vincent. Awesome. Max Struess. Okay. Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Cool. You don't think Tyler Hero, I think right now he's an ascending star player. Like, that he's a young star. Do you think uh, they're calling Poole... Steph Curry Jr., bro. Do you not understand the type? Well, that's of, just the hype that he's getting. That's right just now. Don't, like like you had like it's like it's a different. That's like he's playing he's under. State. Like you don't think if if Tyler Hero was playing under Clay Thompson, you don't think he would develop better than playing behind Duncan Robinson? Yeah, he would, but slightly. Like I slightly. think, I think Miami has developed him great. We'll like see. what? Like we'll see down the road. He has improved him his going. Him every going to season. Golden State is that going to make him a, an elite, great defender or a good one? I don't know. If you don't think if you don't think he's if you don't think if you don't think he's going to be that within the heat. If he's not that within the heat culture, it's true. It's how would like he be that within like Spoke, the Golden State Warriors? It's not like Spoke is, is a bum. We know he's not. He's not a bum. Of course. Do you think Eric Spoke is a better coach than Steve Kerr? Yes. Yes. 
All right, I'm just making. Do I sure. think anybody on? Do I think? I'm any, just saying you you'd like just compare the situations. Like we're compare not comparing this. two great organizations. Yeah, we're comparing an organization that builds up good role players yes, and another organization that builds organization. up stars. It's, like, that it's, it's like you're trying to go. Well, out. the Warriors built up th- three stars. Yeah, and Steph Clay and Dre. Yeah, yeah, and the Miami Heat have built, built up Bam and Tyler Hero's ascending into that. To what? <laughs> a star. Okay, I almost had to either. Answer this question right now. Don't lie. Do either one of them have more potential than Jonathan Kaminga? Answer that right now. No. no. But Kaminga's, we knew he was that though, bro. We knew he there was wrong. There wasn't something that and then when he made when, into when, him. But when he got picked at the Golden State, what did we say that day? That was a great situation for great him. Great situation because of why? But but had, but let me say this. It was very if fortunate Kaminga, Golden if State Kaminga, got him. If Kaminga had gone to OKC, he would have been in the Rookie of the Year race. What? I swear. He OKC? barely can dribble right now. He would have been in the Rookie of the Year race How? Went to OKC. How? I just believe that. I believe that. You don't believe that. Yes, I do no, believe don't. that. <laughs> you don't. Yes, I Kaminga do. Kaminga can barely dribble right still now. A, he's still a very good roller, bro. He, yeah, who's passing him the ball? Well, uh, the, OKC would have Shea. Shea, facts. Shea got hurt. He played 35 games. All right. Was, well, if they had if they had Kaminga, they wouldn't have Josh Giddy. So you're lucky here. Yeah, I know. But still, Josh Giddy would have been a great pass. But I'm just saying, pa- Pandora's he, box. But we're changing a lot of things. Who knows if Shea gets hurt? Right? If Kaminga goes there, we're changing a lot of variables. No Giddy. No Giddy. No Giddy. No Giddy. Let's not act like. But the, then, does do you guys get Giddy? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but is. But I'm just saying. But let's not act like like we knew Kaminga had the star potential. Like, okay, is he is yeah, he was, de- but, is he developing into probably the player he should become with the Warriors? Yeah, yeah. but at the at the end of the day, Kaminga is not a finished product, so we don't know if under the Warriors he'll develop into a star. He might just develop into a very serviceable but we, player. But we always said for Kaminga it was right situation. Yeah, and it was for either sure. for us the Warriors or Toronto. Right situation. It had sure. to be that. That's what I'm saying. Sure. That's all I'm saying. Like right situation. But uh, we'll see about young Tyler Hero. Though. He's been a little bit shaky in the playoffs. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes, Mister Twenty Points. We'll see how it goes, Mister. It's a good points. twenty points though. Is he doing it in the playoffs? We'll see. Dude, didn't you? T- we had a second. Didn't you say he was? This was going to be his playoffs. He was one and one. He shitted the bed last year. He played good in the bubble. This was year three. You know, you know what's the no, thing? No, 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 you know no, no. What's the thing, bro, <laughs> is that I defended Tyler Hero uh-huh. this entire time because I just feel like you are a bit too. I'm low on him. Disrespectful to Tyler Hero. Not only that, but you are very biased against him. Why am I biased? I don't know if he's because biased the, against the same, him. The same, well, you have called the, him Jack Harlow on multiple occasions. The same point. The points you use against Tyler Hero are stuff that you use in the benefit of other young players. Like who? That's what I've been noticing. Like who? Well, about the the Jordan Poole Tyler Hero situation thing when they're damn near both great situations and organizations. Like we know, I don't the think that, but that's not a good. That's better. not a good counterpoint, though. But, it, I, but, it I, didn't, no, but I didn't not, bring up really pool. Not. You brought up no, pool. no. But he was saying. To, you were comparing to his point. Pool, Maxie, and, and no, 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 but you said you said Maxie and, and and Hero. He said Maxie, but then you said you think that pool clears, and he says I only think pool clears because of the situation. That was it. Yeah, which I don't know how that makes much sense. Just because, let's just be honest. The Warriors with Steph, Clay, and Draymond, these guys are not forced automatically into the spotlight to have to do everything. They're learning. Tyler Hero wasn't either. But I'm just saying, no. But he's asked to do a little bit. The pressure is higher on on Hero than it is on Pool. That's facts. 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 Yeah, because they rely because he on needs him to be the second best scorer on their team if they want a chance to yeah, win the I mean, championship. They, they, yeah, they rely Poole on Pool can be more. the the fourth, third. Wiggins still you have to respect. On, I'm just saying as a scorer, I just yes. offensively. 
It's yeah. Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole. It's not. I Wiggins agree. Not in that top I, three. I say that Jordan Poole needs to be number three if they want to okay. win a championship right. comfortably. Fine, but it could be a time where Wiggins is the third, the third best scorer, and they still could win, and it's not that huge of a deal. Maybe um, on like putbacks and stuff. Because let's be honest, is the blame going on Poole? No, it's going on Steph. Well, it depends or Clay. If how he plays. Like if play if Poole has a stinker. Correct. He, he, he didn't play good against Memphis. Nobody said a word. That's my point exactly. Nobody said a word because it doesn't matter. My point he's, is, he's they, gonna he gets to develop. Their time in the sun's gonna come, but right now it's not, and they're still getting playoff experience, and they're learning right, behind one of the greatest ever. One guy getting more blame than the other doesn't answer the question of why you're picking one guy. He's saying situation. Say it's not only is Miami and the Warriors both have great development teams. But not on, the reason why I put the Warriors over because not only do they have great development team, they have the proper veterans there. That's why I'm saying not only the proper veterans, but veterans that play to pull strength. You know, no, that's, did. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I, they have stepped. They have the greatest saying, shooting yeah, backward. You're ever. saying that, but the Miami Heat, they right. don't have the star that Steph is because we have, know they don't have that. They don't have the vets like the Warriors. They do have vets. They don't have the vets and like the Warriors. And throughout the and throughout the Heat's time, who's the vets on the Who's the vets, vets on the Heat right I'm now? Talking about, for, talking no, about not a vet. Talking about for Kyle Lowry, not a vet. Uh, what is he really doing right now? What's he <laughs> really serious, doing? Right now? I'm being for serious. For one, he's hurt, and he's been very MIA for the Heat right now. Fine, he's hurt, I mean, but what's he doing? I mean, for he's them? been hurt. If you're gonna name PJ Tucker. I can name Andre Iguodala. That's four. That's facts. Okay, that's cool. That's four. I'm just saying, Jimmy Dray- Butler's a Draymond vet Green. I didn't say Jimmy. But, Draymond but, but Green trumps everyone. If we compare everyone. vets, we know war is clear. Come on. Yeah, but maybe about like one, two guys. But that doesn't change the fact but that... But Draymond's the biggest vet there is, right? So, and so, what does he so, mean in the so locker really, room? So really what you're telling me is that based on... The number of vets a player has. Bro, we just give you, you like three. No, bro. We're giving you three different types of examples of why we're saying this situation works. So now you're saying, oh, so you're telling me this? No, the first example oh, was so you're pressure. telling me this? No, the first example was Correct. pressure. I didn't say so anything about pressure. You said that. Yeah, said so because it's of, beneficial. So because of the pressure, because Tyler Hero has more pressure, that's why you put Jordan Poole over. If you want to take it under me, oh, a microscope Jordan, of what and, I'm saying. Oh, because Jordan Poole has more vets. Oh, that's why he's better than Tyler Hero. It just but nobody has development. That's not an argument. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. But nobody one time has said Jordan Poole was better than Let's, Tyler Hero. Okay, I know. I'm, But this is basically like the cux of the argument, though, bro. That's what we're you're talking about. about. The potential. The core we're saying it. the ceiling. So you're telling me the so his potential is higher because no, he has going, less Poole pressure going to reach and he has more vets. His, Poole's going to reach his potential because of the vets. We don't know if Tyler Hero's going to We reach don't know potential. if he's going to reach his potential just because of the vets. We don't know that. That's I mean, also a speculating. You, that's what we do here. We speculate, but that's also hype that no, Luca had no vets in Dallas, and he, he was a, his potential. Right, no, but I'm just saying, we, we can go through every situation. Just because you have vets doesn't mean you're going to reach that. Like, Luke, but you said Luca. Okay, but we that can also name all star players. Name though. That was that Devin one was unfair. Booker. Devin Booker. Was Zach he, Levine. Did he have any vets in Chicago? What about Donovan Mitchell in Utah's rookie year? Chicago, when he I mean, was 24. No, I mean in Minnesota. My bad. But oh. oh, we know he ascended in Chicago. Yeah, Minnesota, in a gar- no. in a, with a, with garbage around him, though. Minnesota, no. And neither in Chicago. Well, is Tyler Hero going to be Devin Booker? I'm not saying he's going to be that, but I'm saying the argument I'm... of vets is just doesn't make sense, bro. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, Jordan Poole went from late draft pick, G League, to now starting on a possible championship team. The only thing but I'm yeah, saying... But you, yeah, you, you don't see the development. You just keep talking no, about... No, I see the development. You, you, but Tyler Hero, was, he was a top pick. He's already been in a good situation. Jordan Poole literally just went from G League 
to starting. Now we're talking in, about stories, though. No, like, that's development. That's literally development. Bro, that's development. Yes, that's that, development. That is development. It's not, but it's development. The, that's development. But at the same time, just because he developed at that pace doesn't mean that that warrants him over Tyler Hero. That's what I'm saying. I guess. I mean, I'm still going. And that still pool. doesn't mean that the Warriors are far better at developing than the Heat. Like, oh, I, I think. I, th- I think they're better. I think they're better at developing stars. Which has been yeah. clear and obvious. They didn't develop Jimmy Butler. He went there. They they developed Bam, but Bam is still. We don't know what Bam. I mean, really the Warriors are a dynasty because of Steph, Clay, and Dre. Development. And those those were the stars. Drafted right. Yeah, but was that really the development of the stars, or just Steph being a generational player? Are you you sure? It's a little bit of both. Really? The system definitely helped him in his offensive Steph, skill set. Steph being a generational player at 26 was a little bit of both. It definitely was. The, what about Draymond? Draymond? Clay? Dray, if it wasn't for Steve Kerr, Draymond does not become that player. So development. Just because that's what they ran with the offense. That's a fact. Development, but system and fit. Which is system and development. Fit and adaptation by Draymond to buy in. Which so is development. system that Jordan Poole is in. What does that have to do with Draymond and the fit, the system scheme? Jordan Poole is on this team. What do you mean what does it have to do with? No, we're talking about, because he's talking about how the Warriors have developed the stars. Correct. But I think Jordan Poole's bro, on I this think team. Steph would, have, Steph would have probably been an officer anywhere. Well, he would, well, he'd been a superstar, a top 12 player ever. Yeah. That's hard. I mean, for somebody That's to be tough. that, there's because a lot of there's a lot, there of, a lot of variables right. early in his career also. The ankle... Bro, but for that to happen, a lot of variables have to go right in your favor. That's true. But like the think, right coach, the right system, the right I scheme. Everything nobody thought go Steph was going to be a superstar-like player when he came out. Nobody thought that. No, because he was the biggest risk yeah, in that so, draft because and, of nobody's seen it before. Nobody's seen Dre being a DPOI, even starting in the league. Mark Jackson Clay, didn't see it either. Clay Thompson That's being what I'm saying. So it's like, the second-best shooter you can, of all You can time. say that, but it's development, bro. The Warriors have just developed great. So, yeah, but I— when it comes to things like that, bro, it's really a combination of both. Like it's a combination of development, but also those players having it in them to I mean, become that's, that. That's, that's, you don't think you Jordan Poole has that? To be what? I don't know. You tell me. I think he can be a very good player. Like I think, like whatever you think, Hero can be, right? Yeah, I mean, Hero and Jordan Poole to me, I, I view both as low end all stars or guards that can average nineteen to twenty three in a season. But do I think Jordan's like? Jordan Poole's like the next Steph or okay. whatever. No, or like, no, are you saying that? Do you think that? Okay, I don't think anyone is saying that. I know, but people have said it. But about Jordan Poole, which I'm saying, like, next Steph, you know, I crazy. think they they are in the same tier to me. Tyler Hero, Jordan Poole are in those three guys. The four that yes, the four that we mentioned. Not even Desmond Bain. Not See, even. this is where He's you lose me. Tier. You're losing me. <laughs> well, this you're is my tier. Me. This but is see, my list. But you say I'm being disrespectful to Hero, but you're being blatantly disrespectful blatantly. to Desmond Bain, bro. bro. Because I feel like this is what he's what he's showing me right now is what I think. In year be. two. He's 23, bro. <laughs> like, enough of this. He's going he's gonna to be, like, 23 oh at the start next season. Oh, my God, bro. You're annoying with that. It really bothers me when bro, you Bro, Desmond Bain has been in the league for two years. Tyler Hill has been in the league for three years, and Tyler Hill was younger by, like, two, one, two years. Wow. Wow. That's one. I mean, we've seen one off seasons of a full training camp in summer changes a player's entire game. Those, wow, so those, Desmond Bain's going to get one of those. No, but I'm saying those one to two years mean a lot. And the younger you are, the chances are you – have more I, I'm room tired to of this age benefit when you're younger. I'm tired of it. All right. Well, I'm tired on, of on that. to the next topic. We got very yes. sidetracked. So does Giannis deserve a pass for losing against the Celtics? We know that the Bucks lost game seven, 109 to 81. 
wasn't much of a contest, and Giannis missed a lot of layups and hook shots. He wasn't the usual efficient Giannis. And Riff, I believe I saw you tweet something that uh, tweet? you thought Giannis severely underperformed, and you were very disappointed in his performance. Did I actually tweet that? No. Nah, oh. <laughs> but Drew, oh. I know you did, so you can go first. No, I didn't. I know you did. <laughs> um, you gave Giannis his props, right? You I did? did. Yeah. Fuck no. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. No, 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 <laughs> Nobody gets a pass. Why? Nobody gets a pass. Even without Middleton, no one gets a pass? I don't care about that. Taking them, taking Boston um, seven who really first could of all, go first to the championship of all, first of all, congratulations to Boston. Yeah, smart. You got you to gotta pay to your, you smart. know, I, I said congratulations to Miami. I'm going to say congratulations to Boston. They made it to the ECF. Congratulations. That's impressive. You did your thing. You beat Giannis. Let's get on the Giannis, though. Let's dig in, let's dig in deep to that. Giannis... He played amazing. You can play amazing and choke. I, I, I'm, 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 I fully believe that you can be incredible, but choke. And in Game Six, in the fourth quarter, that's what he did. He choked. Uh, not, not on, not just man. on offense, but getting beat by Al Horford and Grant Will in the perimeter. That's also choking. Missing jump shots, blatant miss, mid-range jump shot that you've improved on this year. That's choking. Let's get on the game seven. You're being let's, very let's, critical, Let's get on bro. the game seven. Game seven was embarrassing. It was. Second half, like Joel said, missing layups, point blank layups, missing jump shots. It's like. What about his supporting cast? Oh, I'm going to get there. He went four for 30 what? Four I, for 30 something? I, don't, I couldn't I, even I'm tell a, you. I'm going to get there. Giannis, Giannis was extremely gassed. Don't get me wrong. The the Boston Celtics were elite defense. They put a lot of pressure on him. They also gave him wide open jump shots that he just couldn't hit. But of course, we're going to let that pass because Giannis is Giannis. Giannis is still one of the best players in the NBA. But I just feel like Drew, you're the you're the main advocate of this. Okay. People knocked Kevin Durant last year, Game Seven in Brooklyn mm-hmm. because he went zero for eight in overtime. Right, even though he was going absolutely insane and even before that was going insane game six and game five but people knocked him even though Harden was on a hamstring injury Kyrie got hurt people still knocked Kevin Durant why because in overtime when you needed your guy to still be that guy he came up short so I don't feel like in this situation even let's let's take let's bring it back James Harden game six against the Warriors in the second half Steph Curry has zero points this is your opportunity to steal that game even game five Harden choked he played amazing in the series don't get me wrong he choked even before that year Kevin Durant they missed 27 threes Harden played amazing in the series but he choked he didn't he didn't he gets to blame you can be as great as these players are you can be amazing in the series Giannis Damn near averaged 40 points. 13. He was amazing. His splits were freaking terrible. He shot a 44-25-60 split. 46. That's, that's horrible for Giannis. On a ridiculous amount of attempts as well. And on top of that, I don't think, like, this This really, a lot of it goes to Giannis because at the same time, I get it, the defense was aggressive, but they were leaving him wide open. They even gave him a lot of mid-range jump shots. He has to be able to hit those shots continuously. He's not going to be able to run people over for the rest of his career. He's not going to be. His body isn't going to hold up, and that's and that's not a testament to him. That's just like that's just you know father time. He has to develop that consistent mid range. He did improve in the regular season. He did, but he did not show that in the playoffs. He definitely deserves some blame. Not all the blame. You know his role players play like shit. Drew Holiday was also another one who was gas. He has to go guard two of the best players on the team and then go give you that offense. He gets some of the blame, but also, you know, missing Middleton 
this this their half court offense showed that they really need Middleton. Their half court offense was abysmal. They needed Middleton. He's one of those guys that can create. He's a three level scorer. He can create opportunities for Giannis in the pick and roll. He's a guy that's also a spot up shooter that can get you looks, and he's one of their clutchest players on the team. They obviously missed him. But at the same time, I'm looking at the Bucks and I'm looking at the Budenholzer. He still makes no adjustments. He's the guy is we're going to live and die Correct. by this situation. And that letting threes fly, Grant Williams shot 40% on the season. I don't know why you went into that game plan thinking I'm going to let him shoot. Especially corner threes. He can hit those. But the Bucks front office needs to go. And I feel like Wesley Matthews, as great as he played on defense, he's cooked, man. He's 36, bro. You need to go in there. You need to get better players than George Hill. And Wesley Matthews, you need to go and get some better 3 and D wings, some guys that can guard multiple positions, can hit three-pointers, and that are a little bit younger than 36, 35. But shout out to Giannis and Drew. They gave their best efforts, but in the end, Boston just wore him down, tired him out. But yeah, Giannis does deserve some of the blame because as great as he played, he still came up short in those moments. And we view, we we didn't did it to LeBron. We didn't did it to Kevin Durant. We didn't did it to James Harden. We didn't did it to all the great players, Kobe. Giannis doesn't get to fly by that radar. If those great players got dissed, Giannis is going to get some of the blame too. At this table, did any of us disrespect KD for his performance against Milwaukee last you year? You did. No, I did not. Yeah, you did. did. You said he choked. You said you didn't disrespect his performance, but you said he choked. You did say he choked. He hit the game tying shot. And then you said he, he didn't score in the fourth in the overtime. I mean, that's not incorrect. He was over six in that period. He was re- he was bad he in overtime. And Giannis that, was bad in the not, fourth. It does not take away in the second how half, great actually. he was. It he was bad no, in this entire second half. I'm with you. I'm not going to say you're wrong there. Because first half, he put almost a triple-double in the first quarter. And then folded after that. He definitely did not play well in the second half at all. He was It was the worst we've seen Giannis in a very long time. Listen, he struggled against this Celtics defense to a degree. But even still, you had several moments throughout this series where Giannis Antetokounmpo was able to just lower his shoulder, get to the rim, and he would dominate the game. There was moments where in in game five where they're down six, Giannis, we're talking about how his shooting has been very inconsistent, hits the biggest three of the game that draws him within three. They left him open. Correct, but he still made it. I know, but they left him open. See, that's just something I can't sit with because it's still not, he's not a three-point shooter. No, that's a clutch shot. Okay, yes. But they left him wide open. Talk about about him getting beat by Al Horford and Grant Williams on the perimeter in game six. Talk about that. There's no... Because Mr. DPOY... Talk about game four, Al Horford dropped 30. Al Horford, he balled all series. No, no, no. We clown Rudy Gobert because he can't guard the perimeter, right? That's what we do. This is a guy who's one... Defensive player three times in a year. Listen, we and he can't guard the perimeter. Giannis is Yet we've seen Giannis agreed. a lot yeah. get cooked on that perimeter, and nobody says a word about it. We've Talk been saying it for that. a little while. Yeah, we've been saying it for a little give while. Him that a pass just because he's the he can listen. But man, without, he's the top two player in the world to me, but he doesn't get a pass. Dude, can't if LeBron didn't. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a quick question. I didn't even Who get played, to, I got like a second. I'm in sorry, you'll, you'll, you'll get to finish your point, but just a quick question. I'm sorry, Drew. All right, who? Giannis versus the Bucks this year or KD Other versus way, Giannis versus Celtics, I understand. Giannis versus the Celtics these playoffs in this series or KD last year versus the Bucks who had a better series? KD. Easily. Yeah. We're all admitting that KD easily had the better series. Kyrie yeah. goes down, okay. Harden goes out a so, second into the game 
Harden comes back seven. on a grade two. He brings him into overtime. It was unbelievable. So KD how did. come KD gets labeled as he chokes and all this other stuff when he goes 0 for 6 in overtime in game 7? Which is not But good. Giannis plays bad for an entire second half, is missing layups, bunnies, all that other stuff. And everybody got blown and, and, and everybody's, all, everybody, all anybody's saying is he's the first player to have 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists in a series. Yeah, oh, my God. Best player in the world still. Do you want to know why it is? Please and you guys, don't forget you, game 6. You're not going to like the answer at all. This, But this is just the reality. KD leaving the Warriors still has something to prove in the eyes of the general media, right? And in most people's minds, KD, people believe, has something to prove since leaving the Warriors. He needs to prove that. As the guy, he can get it done. That's why when you go 0 for 6 in overtime, even though you had an unbelievable series, you hit one of the clutchest shots of your career to send into overtime, you go 0 for 6, people are looking at that. Giannis, although, you look on the other side, he... I'd won a championship with Milwaukee as the guy. Which is looking a little funny, but yeah. Fine, right? Because now we can look at it in hindsight, fine. But Giannis proved as the guy, he can get it done and win a championship. He's not under that same microscope that KD is because KD understands, well, I don't know if he understands, but the the vast majority of people that judge KD's performances understand that he is still not acknowledged and and stamped in his 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 resume because he hasn't had something accomplished outside of Golden State. What I got from what you said is that people hated on Kevin Durant because they don't like Kevin Durant. And, yeah. people, and, are, and people are backing Giannis and making all like these Giannis. excuses for him because they like him. I don't That's know. Yeah. They, 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 they were like unfair the towards KD. They like the story. The narrative. They love the story of Giannis. And that's why I said, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. But that's the truth. That's the matter of fact. Well, this is why we're not the media. So continue your your, your little monologue. Giannis without Middleton, his, his other, his Robin, his guy that he could rely to in closing moments was not there. And even still, he forced the team that I believe is okay. going to win the finals to seven. And although, listen, I still believe that there were moments where Celtics could have finished this series a lot earlier, but they choked. That's credit to Giannis. Okay, so Giannis without his Robin folded in the fourth. And third. He he did not play well in the and second in half. In game six, he folded he got, in the fourth. That's so. That's so. But why offense and defense? He's a two way. You yes, love two way. Yes, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Defensively, yet, there's no excuse yet, for him but, getting beat. But, but yet he, the Joker gets destroyed on national media when he doesn't have his second or third guy. Yet he backpacks. Do you think that any did who who really destroyed Jokic? The national media. Who's did, the, 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 the okay, national media? Forget about the national Kevin Durant media. gets destroyed because he didn't he did. have his did. second. Or third guy. Harden was on the court, which is why people don't really think about it too much. But yes, Harden was barely... Drew Holiday played more games than both of those guys combined. Correct, correct. So like I said, he didn't have... But is Drew Holiday Harden's caliber? Well, that Harden on the... Yes. We're just talking about their big... We're just talking about big three. That Harden on the hamstring? Okay, fine, fine, fine. We're just talking about big threes. When you have your guys, you you feel like you can beat anybody. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. So Drew Holiday played more games than both of those guys. Kevin Durant still got slandered when he put on a master We spoke about it. We spoke about it. Bucks went four for 30-something. I'm not talking about Stephen A., Nick Wright. I'm not talking about the clowns. You're I'm talking, talking about tw- you. Me? You have not said a word about Giannis's bad performance. What do you, you mean? You are giving him a pass. No, I'm not. You are. I said... You are. I acknowledge... I didn't hear you acknowledge Come on. It. What do you... You got to start using your ears now, I, I heard you keep... Because all you I keep, said... All you keep talking about is how many the team times, went four for 30. How many times you have I said that Giannis played poorly in the third and fourth? How many times have I said that? I in this conversation that. right now, a you minimum mean, of three, four times. You might have said it once. Um, 
Don't play stupid. You might have said Don't play stupid. You might have said it Because I'm acknowledging Giannis did play poorly. However, in the second half, he played very poorly. Yeah. He gave everything he had in this series. He got he ran out of steam and his team did not help him. So so he gets the he How ran many out of games? steam, but the role players can't get the same thing? No, they went four for thirty. They missed open that's shots. That's every single time. Giannis t- missed exactly. the same open shots. No, but there's that's not no. true. Giannis open shots. Layups. Fair. He did miss, he missed gar- a few. They're guarding he him. A few. They're, they're giving him so much space. They he improved at the mid-range and they're still giving him the mid-range. Dude, he shot forty six percent. From the field. That's not horrible. He's a big, yes, on 28 a big man. For a 28 attempts, yeah, on 28 attempts a game. Oh my God. It doesn't God. matter about the attempts. It's not it's about the I'm just saying. Big man shoots 50 and up, bro. I understand. Bro. He, that's not good, but bro. But that's not, like, he's trying to, he's not that stereotypical big man, though. He's still shooting jumpers mid-range. He's wide open, though. I mean, you know what? Keep talking. Well, I mean, what else is there really to say? I mean, I've said all I've said. You just are thinking differently. Now, nah, River's just going to look up the shot chart right now. Are you? Yeah. Okay. And see where he missed from in the game. From three point, he was not that great. He's not a three point shooter. He shot twenty five percent. Acknowledging the yeah. three, dude. What what he does need to 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 get better at, and that's obvious, is free throw shooting. There's too many times where he's on the road and the pressure's getting to him, and he just misses free throws. That's one thing he needs to improve for sure. Lethal shooter said that he wants to get in the gym with Giannis. Really? He thinks he could change his jump shot around. That'd be interesting. I mean, field, so field goal percentage by distance, two pointers in general, he shot fifty three percent. Zero to three feet. He shot 83%, obvious. So he dominated. Of course. Here we go. Three to 10. He shot 31% from the field, from three to 10 feet. Then from 10 to 16 feet, he shot 31% from the field. But he did, from 16 to uh, the three-point line, he shot 40% from the field. So that's like, that's pretty, I think that's top uh, top of the Does it show you how many attempts? Yes. I'm asking, I'm asking, okay. yes, I'll For, tell you that in a minute. Thank you. Three-point percentage, he shot 22%. Yeah, he was and from the corner, great. he shot 0%. I mean, he doesn't shoot from the corner often. Yeah. and then f- If no, he's shooting, per- he's shooting from top of the key. Percentage of field goals by distance. Thank so you. So two-pointer, 85%. Mm-hmm. Zero to three, 35%. Three to 10, 28%. 10 to 16, 11%. 16 to th- uh, three-pointer, t- 11%. And then three-pointers, 14%. So from the t- spaces he takes the most shots, which is zero to three, three to 10, 10 to 16, he's not good at. He's, he's just not good I, at. He's below attempts, average. I'm, I'm curious. I give you, don't uh, give you attempts. No just attempts. give you percentages of how many. All right, what his fine. Game I mean, listen. But he takes most of the shots in the paint. Of course. But the next closest is zero to three. He's in Again, um, three to 10. He shoots 31%. 28 attempts, 46%. I understand he's a big man. 28 attempts is a, is a ridiculous amount. That doesn't matter, though. It depends on where you're shooting from. You, if you have, if you're taking 28 shot attempts and 20 of them, Tatum are in the was paint, taking 28 shot attempts. I wonder if he was. I can check. Like efficiency, what's good efficiency varies on where you're taking your shots from. Yep. And Giannis, 44 percent for where he's taking 21. the shots is not good. 85 percent of his shots are in the paint. So if he's taking 28 shots, 21 or 22 of them are in the paint. You hear me? 21 attempts. Yes. He never took 29? I mean, give me one sec, because I'm looking at his playoff attempts. Is that the whole playoffs? Yes. Oh, that's why. Giannis' whole playoffs. I don't think he took 28 attempts. Giannis, the whole playoffs, has taken 24 attempts. Okay, yeah. 28 sounds crazy. And he shot 26 shots in the game. 28 attempts is the series in Boston. Okay, so I got it. Tatum took 32 in Milwaukee, 29 versus Milwaukee. 24 at Milwaukee. So he's taking 18, 20, 19, 24, 29, 32, 14. So when he gets it going, he starts to go up to 28, 29, 30. Okay. 
Hell, threes though. 15 threes, 11 threes, 10 threes. Oh my God. I was thinking you were going to get ready to give Giannis a pass. Why'd you think that? I don't give nobody a pass. You really don't. I don't give anybody. I didn't even give the Joker a pass. He got. He, he didn't have his guys. I don't give. I don't give anybody a pass, bro. I thought you were gonna say you love Giannis. I'm not a fan of Giannis, but I'm not a um hater of Giannis. Mm. I, I'm like in the middle. Okay. But um, nah, he choked. I don't, he doesn't get a pass. He game six. I thought he had. And it. Yeah, just the because, whole team really just collapsed. And that's I, the, people that's talk about Chris Middleton being out, but like I mean, last year Nets didn't have Kyrie or James Harden basically. Oh, no Versus the Hawks, they didn't have DeAndre Hunter. And Trey Young only played four games too. Giannis missed games too. They actually both teams swapped wins without their. That's insane, actually. Yeah, that's pretty. DeAndre Hunter is huge. Huge loss. He's not Middleton, despite their fluky flukiness. I mean, it's looking like the whole thing last year was just fluky. It was a short and off season. A bunch of fluke, 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 fluke. Well, not for the Suns. That's not for the Suns. That's. Well, so you're calling the Suns series a fluke? We'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. We'll get to that now. Oh. The Suns, Game 7, embarrassing loss. The Mavericks beat them 123-90 to 90 in Game 7. Luka Masterclass, I mean, we know he's an all-time great already at this young age. <laughs> 35 points, Dinwiddie had 30. I remember I told you guys, Dinwiddie was going to, is better than Porzingis. Points I, I told the you the round. trade better was fit. good. Better he's a better Porzingis, fit. Yeah. Dinwiddie and Berton's better than Porzingis. And Brunson had 24 and Luca, Luca, Luca is just magical. Now, Master Rev, class. you said you had a lot to say, so you can go first, and then um, Drew here can speak on the Suns' downfall if he wants to, as well. Last summer, right? We weren't as big as we was today, obviously. Last summer, me and Joel said Warriors going to the finals, right? This last summer, you said I might ride with the Lakers, but the Suns were your next, your next team. Obviously, the Lakers were a fanboy pick because there was no way in hell they were going to the finals, right? So we fast forward. We get in here, dig into the season. You ride with the Suns. Suns in the West. They've been the most dominant team. I, and you weren't wrong. In the regular season, up until Draymond got hurt, after that, they were the most dominant team in the league. They were playing phenomenal, playing impressive basketball. Then they go to play Dallas. I picked I picked uh, Suns in seven. I think you picked Suns in picked six Suns or seven. seven. Up to yeah. you picking. You picked. You went for the wild card. You said, you know what? I'm going to trust Luka. I'm going to trust the heliocentric offense. I'm going to go Mavs in seven. Boy, was that might have been the greatest take of this playoffs this year. <laughs> Whoa. Easily. Boston? Nah, that was I, a good pick. That, that was a elite pick. It was. Phoenix. No, that is because there's no way. After game two, Jason Kidd figured it out. Yep. He needed two games to figure out Monty Williams, Mr. Coach of the Year, almost unanimously, Monty Williams' system. He figured it out after two games. Shout out to Dorian Finney-Smith. Shout out to Spencer 100%, Dinwiddie. 100%. Shout out to uh, Jalen Brunson. Shout out to Luca, of course. Shout out to Dwight Powell. Shout Maxie. out to Maxi Kleber. They didn't let Chris Paul go left. I mean, they, they made Chris Paul go left all the time. He struggled in his career making passes out the left, getting to his spots out the left. They made him go left. They jumped off the screens. As soon as they set a screen, they're on him. They realized this man is old. We're on him. If he's going to beat us, he's going to beat us. But we're on him. Trap Devin Booker. Devin Booker probably hasn't seen many double teams in his career in the playoffs. They trapped him. Got the ball out of his hands. Mikel Bridges, he needs to work on his offense. DeAndre Ian, force-feeding him isn't going to win the Suns the game, in my opinion. Dallas' defense was great. Offensively, they're a three-point shooting machine. Luka, put everybody in the corner, go to work. Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, it didn't really matter. They had nobody to stop him. And it's honestly, we should all, a lot of teams should really thank Kawhi 
because he was the one putting the leash on, halting, stopping Luca from league. really putting a blueprint on the league. And it's funny because now you look at last year and you look at the season. Kawhi plays, they clearly win the WCF. You know, I, I, I think it's pretty obvious at this point. But nonetheless, Phoenix still had an incredible regular season. You know, we can't knock that. 60-plus wins. They made it to the second round. Devin Booker's still young. But, like, we was watching Monty Williams in the uh, post game. Somebody asked him, you didn't learn from last year? Like, he, he, like it was just, like, weird. Last year, they were up 2-0 against the Bucks. Lost four straight. Four straight. Mike Budenholzer, a mid, a, a, okay, I'm not going to say mid, an above-average coach, figured it out after game two. Giannis, just go. Play bully ball. They can't stop you. He did it. I think the Suns will be back next year in terms of they'll still be competitive. I think they still have the blueprint in the regular season to be a dominant regular season team. I think teams like that that share the ball, that play defense, that can score the ball at that efficient rate, I think they'll always be great in the regular season. That's why Utah Jazz, I feel like, have been good in the regular season always because they are efficient. They can guard. In the, in the regular season, they don't have to see teams back-to-back-to-back to back to back where they can figure you out. And I think that for that, the Suns will be great in the regular season. But they have a Chris Paul problem in the sense of he's – it's not because he's not an all-time great. Chris Paul is going to go down as one of the four best point guards in NBA history. He's 37. Apparently, he has an injury, a leg injury, hamstring, quad. quad. It's not good. That's not a good injury, especially for somebody that's 37. He also didn't play well at all. So now you're looking at your timeline. Devin Booker's young. Aiden is probably gone. Think gone. He's, he's leaving. He's probably yeah. gone. Bridges has to get better now. This is not a you can take your time thing now. You have to get better now. I agree. Like and we you, know what type of player he is. We do, but I'm just telling I'm what they're thinking. Like Bridges, you have they're tight. Bridges has to get better now. Booker has to take another level. I know he might not think there's not another level, but my brother, there is another level to your game that you have to take. And they have to figure out their point guard situation. Campaign is really whack. But other than that, Chris Paul being 37, I still think they'll be a great team in the regular season next year. But with the Clippers coming back, Denver is going to be back and probably going to be better. Then you got the Pels on the rise. Then Dallas is still going to be here. The Warriors are still going to be here. Minnesota, I said the Clippers. I always say them first. Minnesota is going to be here. You got to respect LeBron and AD to a degree. So they'll be around. Portland, they can make some moves. So it's going to be a dangerous West next year. And I think with Chris Paul aging. Did you say Pelicans, right? I did say the Pelicans. Denver. I did say Denver with with the Chris Paul aging and his what's his contract? What two years? Two more two more years, thirty mil a piece. Oh, sixty mil. Oh, wow! I thought thirty, like fifteen, fifteen, nah, sixty nah. mil. It's too late for that. Suns. It's sad to say, but the Suns might have had the biggest two year peak in NBA history. Like choke job, you mean? Like no, like this might be it. The big. I don't know what you mean by that. Like they just went first year out of nowhere. 50-plus wins, second seed, went to the finals. Second year, 60-plus wins, ran dog walk the regular season. Second round, next year, it could be a play-in. Next year, it could be a oh, seventh, eighth rude. seed. You're getting rude. No, they, the reason why he's right is because DeAndre Ian, is I gone. 98% why? believe he's leaving because they don't want to pay him the max. You want to pay DeAndre no, Ian no, $35 no, million a year? No, no, Okay. No, no. There's a team out there that will do it. I don't think the Suns will. Chris Paul, quad injury, 37 Let's just say he regresses to like a Mike Conley level, which we've been trying to push for a minute. <laughs> it's it's over. Like you, the like you mentioned, the West is loaded. You got Denver coming back with Jamal Murray, MPJ. You have Dallas, who's going to be there. You have the Clippers with Kawhi coming back. You have 
the Warriors still um, around. Warriors are still Minnesota around. Minnesota is getting better. Minnesota is getting Pelicans. better. Pels are getting Zion Pelicans back. are getting better. They're getting Zion. Portland back. has money. Portland has money. They can spend. LeBron and AD. They're bringing back Westbrook. They're going to see if they but can you, run it back you, and make it work. You can't not, whatever. Yeah, you got to respect but it. I feel confident that there are at least five to seven teams that I trust going forward more than the Phoenix. At Suns. least in the playoff series, yes. The Suns can be a playing team. Denver next year. with their guys, I trust them in the playoff series more than Phoenix. I I, re- I really do. The Joker at the helm, Jamal Murray and MPJ back to that third role. I really do trust Denver in the playoffs before them. You know, in your monologue, Riv, you mentioned you mentioned Mikel and you know how he's ha- has to improve and stuff and all the. You, you mentioned you, you that. About to knock him? I, no, I'm not about to <laughs> knock him. I'm actually about to say this because this is actually a point to I'm gonna say to you, Drew, and I'm, I'll let you. I'll pass it over you you can talk then i'll finish oh, off i, of I, I thought I you were ready i thought no, no, you were no. waiting for this moment no, i'll show it, it's just uh, i am but i'll let you go first because <laughs> i'm actually interested in this because remember when we were talking about the suns and you know i was saying you know outside of really chris paul and, and devin booker they don't have shot creators you know i don't really Uh-oh. rely on in or cam Mikkel. <laughs> and i was like and hey, i don't cam johnson was their leading story and, and i was like cam johnson i don't think he's gonna have 20 point explosions and you were like don't sleep on that well, he had 12, right? <laughs> he was and their leading scorer. He, he, was. Actually, he was their leading scorer. The most points he's had this series was 14. And I was in he's a role player. Game. I, Good I'm role, saying, role player. But you were talking about how he can have 21 explosions. I was saying if he had more opportunity. Okay. He's a All good right. role player. Come on. Don't try and single me out like that. You know what I was saying, you bastard. No, <laughs> You're a bastard. You overrated Cam Johnson. No, I did not. Yes, he was their did. leading scorer yesterday. That's terrible. No, no, after that game he had, that master class he had, you were geeked. I was. Yeah, you were because really y'all were you, y'all just think that he's mid. Corey Brewer had 50. No, I don't. I think he's a really serviceable game. role player. Really? That's I, yes. that I is think cr- he's good. You act like he can be a starter That's and average not- like 20. That's not what I like. You love to take what I say. I do and think blow he can be up. a starter eventually. Yes, he no, can I think be on a team. He can be a starter. Yeah. Like Dorian Finney-Smith. I was going to say like a Jay Crowder, but I don't know. Is that bad? You think he can be like a Desmond Bain? No. <laughs> okay. That's how you trying, made it sound, though. You to knock no, it's not. I'm not making it no, sound it's like not. That. I'm tired of you. Trying so trying you want to give your monologue? You, you want me to go first? I want. No, you've been waiting for this. I'm. I'm very excited to hear it. Stop trying to knock Desmond Bain, man. Now you, you. I'm glad you're starting to see the light on Bane. I respect him. Just don't like his game. I hate his arms. Why? So I, really hate I mean, he's ox. What's wrong he's with? Like... <laughs> Come on, bro. Remember when he dove on the floor and he got up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> in the uh, yo, he's that. nice. He's nice. Here we go. So I get the camera out. 4K. Luka Doncic is my guy. Yeah. Look, go on my Twitter right now, Joel V. Moran. You're gonna see Luka Doncic's fan. It's right there. Used to be Ann Edwards. What happened to that? It's Luka's time right now. He is unbelievable. It's Luca Thompson. He's, he's time like it's like he's playing right hopscotch with the NBA right yeah. now. This is the thing, Luca's just an all-time great already. I've seen he's one of the best players I've ever seen. He's averaging thirty-nine points in elimination games. And let's just get to the Suns because this is who I really want to talk about. Then I'll I'll go into some analysis about the game, but I really want to get this point across. The Suns trailed by forty-six points at one point. The largest deficit in Game 7 in the last 25 years. They laughed at us. I know how embarrassing this feels. It was one time I was on the AU team. We was losing my 50. So I understand this feeling. It's not a good one. The 2022 Suns are the second team in NBA history to win 64-plus games and not make the conference finals. And fun fact, actually, four, four of the teams that have won 64 games in history, have never made the NBA Finals. So, luck wasn't on their side. Do you know the teams? I don't know the teams. 
Actually, before I get onto what I'm actually going to say, I'm going to talk about the game a little bit because I don't want it. I don't want it to come across as my balls are slandering, blue as sin. Slandering Chris Paul too much. This is what I'm going to say. The Mavs figured out the Suns, like you said, but the Suns had a bad pro, had a bad shot profile all season long. And JJ briefly mentioned it on first take, but I'll elaborate on it. Is that they take a lot of mid range shots, a lot of twos. They're 28th in three point attempts per game. They take a lot of mid-range shots, a lot of long twos. And if you look at charts between DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul, they are all above league average shooting those shots. But Chris Paul specifically, he is like skyrocketing up, which means that Chris Paul was hitting his mid-range shot at an absurd, efficient, hot streak rate that just wasn't sustainable. And then you talk about Devin Booker. Jason Kidd trapped him in Game 7, something he hadn't done all series. In Game 7, he decided to trap him and really blitz him on these pick-and-rolls. Devin Booker couldn't pass over Dwight Powell. He was afraid to make those passes. He, to me, was the worst player in that game. Not Chris Paul. Chris Paul has been the worst player of the two the past couple of games. But in Game 7, Devin Booker, to me, was the worst player. But it's just a credit to Jason Kidd and... His adjustments. 100%. Frank Nilakina getting minutes and guarding Devin Booker. Booker shot 15% against him in this series. DeAndre Ayton. In game seven, just talking about the game, Devin Booker couldn't hit a shot. He was getting blitzed. Chris Paul had some mid-range early on. He didn't hit. Mikel Bridges couldn't hit a shot. DeAndre Ayton was missing point-blank shots at the rim. And then he had two back-to-back offensive fouls. He was subbed out after that. And we only saw three more minutes out of him after that happened. I think that was the start of an altercation and why Monty didn't play him the entire the entire way. But truthfully, he was getting abused. Luca was posting him up, backing him up back to the basket. Dinwiddie was hunting for him. DeAndre Ayton could not hang with these guys. These dudes are different. Luca, Luca is different. Luca backed him down. That's when any deal Ayton had with the Suns went out oh, the yeah. out the window. The Suns were crazy efficient and specifically like when guarding Chris Paul, like teams have played drop coverage on him in the past, which is why he was able to have an all-time series against Denver. Last series, he played well. But when you play up on him and you take him away from that elbow mid-range jumper, he looks a lot like this. So I'm wondering how things are going to look like going forward. And that's why I'm not really high on the Suns uh, moving forward. But with all that being said, People are being very reactionary to Chris Paul and there's Pat Bev went on the whole media tour. We'll talk about that shortly. But he deserves this. And we know Chris Paul as the point God. And I had this thought yesterday. The point God title has to be officially removed and revoked for Chris Paul. We can never call him that again. And people may say it's reactionary. But it's not reactionary when Chris Paul has blown 5-2-0 series lead. No other player has blown four. One with the Hornets, two with the Clippers, and now two with the Suns. He's only been with the Suns two years. He's done it. <laughs> he's lost four straight game sevens. And for the fa- past five games, he's averaged nine points, six assists, and four turnovers. We just witnessed one of the worst postseason losses in history. This was a game seven. You want to know who owns the other, the worst postseason loss in NBA history? It's Chris Paul. 
2009 with the Hornets versus the Nuggets. He lost by 58 points. He's made the conference finals twice, in 2018 with Houston and in 2021 with the Suns. On both those teams, he wasn't the best player. It was James Harden in Houston and Devin Booker with the Suns. 58 points? If he has never been the best player on a team to make the conference finals or the NBA finals, how is he the point guard? If he routinely blows series leads, how is he the point guard? Point guard would mean you have control of the game. Mm -hmm. You are the master at controlling the flow and tempo of the game. So how come he's always losing that control and tempo? You can't be called the point guard anymore. You just can't. And that's what I got to say about Chris Paul. I feel like it's over for that nickname. I think <laughs> Steve, Steve Nash and Jason Kidd are more deserving of that nickname Steve than Nash, Chris Paul. Show. Jason Kidd, two NBA Finals appearances as the man with the Nets. Steve Nash, two-time MVP. Won 60 games with the Suns without his second best player, Amari Stoudemire. Those two guys are way more deserving of that title than Chris Paul. That's the point guard for sure. So do you have Nash and Kidd over CP3 all time? CP3 has the stats. Um, uh, As a ball player. Here we go. Might be reactionary. I still have Chris Paul over them. I think that's a good opinion. But right there. the point guard thing is done. Like, it's <laughs> but done, you'll give bro. It to, you'll give it to Nash. You'll give it to Kidd. It's just done. It's just... I think kids should have had it from the jump. Another thing I'll say is, in 2018, I agree, no doubt about it, James Harden was the best player on that team. Could you argue that CP3 was the most important? No. Why not? Because Harden was just MVP Harden. Listen, I don't disagree. He was the best player without a doubt. CP3 and what he brought to that team... CP3 brought, brought something great to that most team. important. But was he the leader of that team? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Is he the most important player on that team? No. The most important player on teams is the best player. Unless it's like a 1A, 1B situation. James Harden was averaging 30. James Harden. I have a question for you, The though. game plan for the, for, the, for the Warriors was to stop Harden. But can I ask you a question? Steph Curry is the best player on the Warriors. Yes. Yep. You have told me the most important is Draymond Green. Mm, yeah. You have done that a lot. <laughs> I have done it. That's you know, like I don't, no, I no, don't no, disagree I, okay. with that though. I My, don't disagree with that. Yeah, you, you got me. There's no doubt. All you right. just got me. You got me in a <laughs> in a tangle. I'm trying to unscramble, but I know you don't believe Draymond's the most important player. I said I agree with you. Okay, I agree that Draymond is the most important no, because no, we I, saw Draymond come out. The Warriors defensively took a huge hit. The reason why you guys are as great as you are is because defensively, I'm not even Draymond. Get into the back and forth. <laughs> is Steph the most important? Just he is. Just, he, just, no, so, so now you're flipped. I'm flip flopping. I'm flip flopping because you trapped me into a corner. But I don't disagree with you, though. No, this is the thing. I think Draymond is the heart and soul, and he's the leader of the yes. Warriors. But the Warriors would not be able to run any offense if it's not for Steph. I agree. So the that's why he's the most Steph important. Curry. So now you, you're but going most, back. Most important because yeah, he's allowed to do mo, that because mo, he's Joel Murray. Most important right. offensively is Steph. Most important defensively is Draymond. The offense is called Steph Curry. Of course, we like that's given facts. But he flip flopped. That did, was he crazy, did, he, right? He did flip flop because I agreed like, with that him. was a crazy. So flip-flop. I was willing to have him agree <laughs> with me <laughs> on what I was saying. He refused to. I just can't. I can't. I can't allow you to say Chris Paul is the most important player on the Rockets. He was. No, he was. It was the four K. It was the four K. But hey, it's all right. And maybe the logic you use behind it is that in Game Six and Seven, Harden didn't win without CP3. Well, yeah, because now the talent gap just became this to this. I mean, Harden with CP3 versus that team. There was still a massive talent gap. 
Oh, I mean, for sure. The we're reason, talking about one of the, the greatest teams they were able together. to take them to seven was because of the offense that Mike D'Antoni built around James Harden. That CP3 knew how to run. No, James Harden was the guy but who's running facilita- the offense. Mm. What do you mean? Who, they took turns. Yeah. It was just one guy go, one guy don't go. One guy drive, kick it out. That, <laughs> it's literally what the Mavericks are doing right now. It's the same type of thing. So, just to give my analysis on this game, it was ugly. Yeah. When we were live streaming, we were talking about everything under the sun except for this Suns and Mavs game because it was just not something that you wanted to watch. One of the most disappointing Game 7 weekends we've ever seen in our lifetimes. Two terrible games, and this one was even worse than the first. This game was really, really bad because you expected this game to be, at the minimum, competitive. Regardless of which way it shook out, you were expecting this the the winner of this game to at least fight for it at the very end. It was never that. The first quarter, Suns came out flat, couldn't score, only scored 14 points in the 14 points in the first quarter. Luka Doncic outscored the Suns by himself in the first half. That's all you need to know about the Suns offensive output last night. Devin Booker was bad. Chris Paul was bad. For Cam Johnson to be the team's leading scorer speaks volumes to how bad the stars of the Suns played last night. He was bad too, though. He got dropped. Now, it was a push, but he did get dropped. Hey, it doesn't matter. He got dropped. No, he got dropped. Listen, you, you, no one cares about it. If you're on Everybody the floor and you on make Phoenix the three. Everybody on Phoenix was bad. Everybody yeah. played bad. There was not a single player last night for the Suns that played well. Like We're talking about the 10th player in the rotation. Andrew Shamit. Should have played them more. <laughs> For the Suns to come out as flat as they did on their own home court, this is one of the biggest all-time gags of all time. You have a team that had been so consistently dominant in this regular season. They're trying to right their wrongs of losing in the finals last year. And to come out as flat as you did on your own home court in a Game 7. For Chris Paul, one of the biggest games of his life. For Devin Booker, going against Luka Doncic, who you have been back and forth with. Throughout the series, you get outplayed the last two games was embarrassing. There's no way that you can look at the two and ever think that Booker can reach Luka. You're 100% right. Luka has solidified himself as being one of those that's on that trajectory of being an all-time great in this game. Booker ain't even better than PG, man. I'm just, I'm just gonna keep that's not home. a conversation for me yeah, to have. That's no conversation for you to have. To me. So you're the Suns. They obviously have some things to... Work out this summer. Wait, before, what are sorry, you doing with DeAndre you, in? Before you continue, pardon me. Not matter of fact, you continue. I accept her. What are you doing with DeAndre in? Well, you, he's a restricted free agent, so you can match anything he does. But are you? I think you should try to do a sign and trade. I think that would be the best option. If he doesn't want to be there, fine. You don't have to be here, but we're going to sign you and we're going to trade you so we can get something. Best back. option. But also, what do you think Ian is? Me personally, or what, the, what they think he is. I think they. I think we're on the same page. You think the Suns and you believe Aiden's the same guy, in your opinion? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is a good player, but he isn't an all-star. No. I think he's probably not the same type of player, but Clint Compella-like, like in terms of that's probably going to be his... What, like as of right now, I can see him being at his best. Not like he plays like Clint, Clint Compella. Clint Compella with a level. little bit more offense. No, like a Clint Compella level yeah, I know type what you of mean. player. Yeah. yeah, like so I think... You know, that's what he can be. I mean, but a team like Detroit would probably want him. Maybe they, they'll take the bank on him. Like, yo, we got young talent. He's young. Throw him to us. Or, you know, maybe okay, you can get so back. 
Yeah, OKC, but they they don't have really nothing for maybe you can. Get they could just sign it to a max. But I'm saying the Suns can, um, ah, they can match any offer given. So they kind of still have the cards. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think maybe like Detroit, like I was saying, maybe you can get Jeremy Grant. Maybe you can try to go get him. Maybe start running more small ball. I don't know something, or let Jay Crowder I mean, go. You, they showed that when Aiden's not on the court, you still run Javale. You run Bismack Javale, but, but I think like Jeremy Grant, Mikael Bridges, that's a pretty good defensive wing tandem. Yeah. Like yeah, definitely. You no, know, like try to do something like that. But um, they're pretty much. I think they they kind of already. I feel like they knew what DeAndre Aiden was last year, but they just kind of wanted to give him another I mean, there's try. There's a reason they didn't sign him. Yeah, last Yeah, but season. like I think. They went to the finals. Easily, there, was a, there was a case for him to get his money. Easily picking A number one is kind of crazy now. Who they, It was Aiton, uh, Bagley, Luca. Yeah. That's crazy. And Jaron Jackson. Where Trey went? Didn't Trey go in that? Trey, Trey was went a five, six pick. Yeah. I thought it was five. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Because I know it was it was Aiton, it was Bagley, it was Luca. I want to say it was Jaron, and then it was Trey. Did Luca get traded for Yes, Trey? three and five. They switched. Should have took Trey. Let me know if I'm right. I'm pretty sure. No, yeah, Trey was five. Yeah. Six was Mo Bamba. And that's another yeah. thing that I want to talk about too really quick. The People love to say that that Luka for Trey Young is the most balanced trade in the history of the NBA. It's not balanced. The Mavs absolutely fleeced them. I don't think they fleeced them. There's a huge gap between Luka and Trey. I don't want to say huge. No, it's a huge gap. But I, I think Atlanta got what they wanted. I think they're fine. They're would comfortable they, with Trey Young. Be real. Be real. I think they're comfortable with Trey Young. And you'd rather have Luca. I would. I would rather have Luca than a lot of like guys. Easily. But I, I think. Uh, yeah, but no I think, question. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, but they're Trey's a top fifteen player in the NBA in and year Luka's three. Arguably top three. Yeah, I understand that, but I think they're comfortable. Trey Young went to a, a conference finals before Luca. I think they're comfortable with that guy, bro. Like I think as yeah, you for can them to be first round. I think exits I, yeah, this year. you can look at it and be like. Luca's better, so we obviously lost to trade, but they're not looking at it as like, damn, this was like we we like like picking DRJ and one, like damn, we really fucked up. Nah, we still got something good. We still got a superstar. And I'm level not player. saying that they didn't get something good. Obviously, I'm not disrespecting I don't think it's a Trey. Fleece. I'm disrespecting Trey in terms of comparing him to Luca. Fleece, I wouldn't call it. A fleece. It's a fleecing. Fleece is like because the Hawks had number three. He should be on their team right now. I don't know about fleece though. It's a fleecing. Fleece is like blatantly robbing somebody. They did. I mean, okay, so they robbed. They got a top five player instead of they got a top fifteen imagine, player. Imagine Luca in the East. Okay. Scary hours. Trade went. The trade took them to the UCF, bro. There's a chance that Luca could have went to the finals last year. This trade is like you trading sneakers and somebody giving you concords and give me back breads. You're like you're okay with it. You think so? Yeah. No. No. You're okay with it. You're, you're literally okay with trading. Like, I like Concords better, but, you know, if I had breads, I wouldn't really be tripping. Yeah, come on, bro. Don't make it I seem disagree. like... Don't make it. I disagree. Luca is significantly better than Trey. Do y'all agree with what Pat Bev said, man? Let's get... Let's I mean, let's that is transitioning now, yeah. right into this week in the NBA. This week in the NBA, uh, what Pat Bev said, reiterated. <laughs> what did he say? I, I like... the. Every, he's talking about Chris Paul. He said... He's not on Steph Magic level. He's not even on Westbrook level. I think that's that that last part is wrong. I think he's higher than Westbrook. Pat Bev said that he's not. It's not true this week in NBA. I'm just saying he's. I'm I'm, I'm just adding to what me. you're saying. All right then, hot shot. Go ahead. Because I, I don't really want to talk about everything. I want to talk about something really specific. I was about to respect your boy. Pat Bev said he literally name dropped Paul George in 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 the, the situation where I really want to talk about. He said nobody was scared of the Suns. 
He said nobody. He and and listen, we we could talk shit about Pat Bev all day, but he he's he's him and Steph are really good friends. Him and the Clippers, they're really good friends. So he has a c- type of connections in the locker room. He said nobody in these locker rooms is scared of the Suns. Nobody has been scared of the Suns. Nobody's looking at Devin Booker like, yo, he's scary. He's name dropped Paul George and said they were just talking last night. And nobody is scared of the Suns. And I think like stuff like that is like a testament to the type of team you are. Like when even he gave respect. He said Steph is one of those players. Luka Doncic is one of those players. He even said it, Kawhi, he said he cooked me, Kawhi, and PG. He already knew he was going to cook the Suns, which is understandable. Those are the three best at what they do. The Suns don't have that type of power. But I think, like, Pat Bev saying that, Pat Bev going up on there, that kind of shows the testament to kind of, like, how the, how teams view the Suns, specifically the Warriors and the Clippers, because he has the most connections in those locker rooms because he's cool with those guys. But that really shows, like, how people really viewed the Suns as a contender. Like, people, the fact that people tried to paint Devin Booker in this image, Kobe-like, he's an assassin, he's a dog, he's on another level, and players don't really look at him like that. I think that's kind of like, that should be kind of like shocking to us fans because we view him as probably a top 10, top 12 player in the NBA. And players are like, nah, we know who's the dog. Luka's a dog. Steph's a dog. Giannis is a dog. LeBron's a dog. KD, Booker ain't really, like, Booker ain't really that. So I think that's kind of crazy. I don't know if he's really singling out Booker as much as he's trying to combat CP3. They asked him Devin Booker or Paul George. He said Indiana Paul George. It ain't even close. All right, fine. Listen, I'm not dis- I'm not disagreeing with that. Well, Indiana Paul George and Paul George now two different players. Yeah, but he said he, he ain't even close to that PG and this PG way better. Well, I had I well, he's not this PG's not way better. No, I don't think way better. But That's what he, I'm telling you. Pat Pat yeah, Bev, Pat Bev also I agree with some of the comments but also, he was just very biased in some of his takes. Like them, yeah. the the reason why he had Paul George over Devin Booker was because Paul George has done more in his career rather than who's like the better player now. He's very high on winning. So you think the better player now is No, he was he's high on resume. That's why he thinks Westbrook is touching Chris Paul right now. Because Westbrook is not, we know who Westbrook is. That's why he said that the Sixers should still give Harden the max. He obviously hasn't been watching because Art is not the same. Nobody. There was a report that came out by Brian Windhorse that nobody in the NBA believes Sixers are giving Harden to Max. So for Pat Bev to be, be like, oh, it's because Doc Rivers' system, that's why Harden is not the same. You should still give him forty million or fifty. I don't. I don't. I probably Pat Bev hasn't been watching that much basketball, and I'm. I'm. NBA players have a tough schedule. They're not watching all the time. <laughs> But um, one thing he was that, out in the first round. One thing I thought that was funny was Pat Bev was saying the night before when he's playing or planning for CP3, he's not really playing for him. He's going out to the steakhouse. He's going. He's having some wine. He's chilling. But when he's going against Steph Curry, he's in bed at eight o'clock. He's telling his mom, "Don't call him." He's telling his girl, "Don't call him." That's every. Plan. He was just being very disrespectful to CP3. That's really what it was. Thirty six years old. At thirty, which is why I felt like it was out of line, and maybe there's a little bit more, which is obvious. It's not a little bit. It's facts. There's a blatant hatred between the two of them. No, I'm saying they have like, beef. For him they, to go on a have beef, media world tour like, to, I'm, to I'm bash gonna, his if name. If you're an all-world defender, are you really going to sleep early for a 36-year-old Chris Paul? Listen, man, I understand, but he's throwing his name around like he's a piece of trash and he not a, a top 75 uh, player in NBA history. He's on the top 75, right? Of course he is. Of course, he has he's to on, be. We're talking about him like he's a top four pl- uh, point guard of all time. He's not on all 75? Duh. I don't know why I thought he wasn't on the I've, team. I've, on, on the, come this? on. I mean, Pat Bev literally talked about how Chris Paul 
only has numbers because he had opportunity. I think when it comes to him and Chris Paul, obvious bias. But I don't think he has any bias towards Devin Booker. He, he asked a serious question. What does Devin I mean, Booker I, do? I agree with Pat Bev and talk. When Didn't he, Pat Bev break Devin Booker's nose last year? Uh, I wouldn't say break. When it, Pat Bev talked about Chris Paul, I mean, when he talked about the Suns and how nobody's scared of them, okay, like I, I can probably put two and two together and think that's how that's a true statement. But when he talks about Chris Paul and how he only has these stats yeah, and he's only an all-time point guard because of this, because of uh, longevity and stuff like that, I mean, what J.J. Reddick said to combat that was true. Like, not just anybody can get the keys to the Lamborghini. And Pat Bev even used J.J. as an example. Like, J.J., if you if you were on the Clippers your entire career and had that much opportunity, you'd be first on an all-time three-pointers made list, even over Steph. And it's like, to me, when he, you say something like that, I mean, Pat Bev would never, ever, no team, no team would ever look at Patrick Beverly and say, you are going to be the engine of our offense. We're going to play through you. No team in the NBA would ever do that. I don't think a tanking team would do it. If they had to be competitive, would pick Pat Bev to do that. <laughs> so because of that, you know, how can you just blatantly disrespect Chris Paul? But after that, I had no problem with what he said. I, I love, I love this type of rivalry and shit talking back and forth. I love this. That sucks. Big energy. Very big energy. He has some points. Kevin Hunter. And then a, you saw what Dame said back to him? Dame is violating right now. He's actually going on a Twitter rant talking about he a bum, nobody guards him. He's going crazy. Did he Dame cap? needs to chill. Did he cap? Because, uh, no, I'm going to tell you why Dame needs to chill. Because Chris Paul actually has a very strong resume. Dame, they ain't really got nothing. Like they, we know Dame is great. They, we know Dame is, is great. crazy. They, they post, Dame doesn't care though. Yeah, but they posted a picture of literally Dame's accomplishment. He had the comment like, "I ain't shit." We're not saying you ain't shit, but it's kind of hilarious how when you looked at the stuff, it really was a lot of zeros, like zero this, zero this, zero this. So it's like, chill, Dame. Like just. But I don't think Dame cares. I think Dame has made peace with not winning a champion. Not time. even. Shouldn't have been. But it. I think Dame has made peace with not winning a championship. Like. I think he's made peace of not winning ago. anything. Like he he does he he's good for the rest of his life. He doesn't care. With Chris Paul, I think you know Chris Paul going on JJ's podcast and saying I'm addicted to the finals and like Chris he Paul, I think win. this genuinely hurts him because he wants to win and he wants to be at the highest of high level. Of course, because you win that championship, it changes how people also saw your career. The, it also speaks to your competitive. Act. Like I think Chris Paul cares about legacy. Dame doesn't care about his legacy i don't know about that why are we assuming or at least that? basketball legacy but why are we assuming that because I, I just the way dame talks i can put two and two yeah, together and care. assume it i don't know if i'm, I'm i think i think dame i think dame is totally fine with not having multiple not having mvps or finals appearance or all these other accolades or resumes i think as long as he's made his money He's a trip. He's tried his best to win. He's fine with that. I'm not saying I think he loves basketball, but I don't think he cares about all of the legacy talk that circulates when with these uh with people in the media. I don't think he cares at all about that. He can retire tomorrow and be complacent with how his basketball career went. That's what I'm saying. So my this week in the NBA is the fact that now we have an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference MVP trophy being distributed. And the Eastern Conference is going to be called Larry Bird 
trophy and in the western conference you're gonna have the magic johnson trophy now i wanted to gather uh, excuse me i wanted to gather your guys opinions what do you guys think about an eastern conference and a western conference mvp how did how do they determine it? Is just the best player in or the winner of the Eastern? It's Conference? most likely going to be the winner. I'm assuming because the winner should the, the best player should be on the winner, most likely or not. Okay, um, I guess it's cool. I like it. You know, I I, I I wish they can go back and go through the history and give the players that should have won it the award because now I feel like players are going to use that towards the end in, in terms of comparing it to other players. And it's kind of sucks. It's like, well, we didn't have that. We didn't need to have that. And it's like, well, we did. So I wish they can go back and look at history, but I guess it's something dope because making it to a Eastern conference or a Western conference finals is a big deal. 100%. It, is, it is winning in the NBA is extremely hard and getting there is an extremely big deal. So shout out to them for trying something new. Um, I feel like LeBron, and I'm not a LeBron fan at all, but they should have named it the LeBron James Eastern Conference. But you know why I respect and understand the meaning behind it is because Larry Bird and Magic Johnson saved the NBA, both of them being on the opposite conference, and they built up what the NBA is now. Yeah, I mean, But I understand what you're saying. LeBron's going to get a a trophy named after him eventually. No, if MJ don't got one, he's not getting one. MJ's probably going to have one too. Well, if he don't got one, LeBron ain't going to get one. Until that time, yes. MJ should get the scoring title. The scoring title should be called the Michael but Jordan. But that's the award. thing. Do you think that that holds significance to what Michael Jordan is? Like, is he just scoring? I mean, it's either that or the logo. I agree with that. So I agree with that. If you don't get none of those, they already gave Kareem and Bill Russell, you know, they already gave them their stuff. They gave Magic, now Magic and Bird got his stuff. So it's only a matter of time. It's inevitable. He, 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 Mag- he, he, no, he, Jordan's going to get his. A long ways away, LeBron's going to get his. But we're, I'll say this. Like 40 years the reason why that. I like it is also because in MLB, you get an ALCS, an NLCS, Facts. MVP. And that's something they that holds significance. They have their own awards in each uh, conference. Correct. But ALCS, ALC, exactly. Exactly. Which I think that the NBA should also incorporate a Western Conference and an Eastern Conference MVP, in my opinion. I don't know about that. Listen, I don't mind it right is now. Is there more players on baseball? Don't you guys have more players? Yeah, there is. There is. That's different. I, I understand what there's you're saying. More, there's a lot of positions. In baseball, yes, yeah. but, I mean, there's only one MVP both ways, and pitchers usually never win MVP. Yeah, but it's like— There's been, for sure. Yeah, of course, but there's like— You got the, you got the pitcher award, then you got the Cy MVP, mm-hmm. then you got the hitter award, Silver then you got the fielders, mm-hmm. like you get the Old center love. field, the mm-hmm. left field, yeah. so it's like— they they pay respect. You don't need a point guard award or shooting guard. But that's you know. uh, no, I agree. But the point guard and the shooting guard award is the All NBA squad. That's exactly. the silver slugger. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I don't mind this. I think years away we'll start to acknowledge it more. It's like let's say Tatum starts to dominate and he starts becoming Eastern Conference MVP or Luke on the other side is Western Conference MVP. It's just going to help resumes. It's not going to diminish them. Uh, excuse me. It's not going to diminish previous players who didn't win. It says you can just look at it very obviously. LeBron went to eight straight finals. He'd have eight straight Eastern Conference MVPs. That It's not going to be used against new players against previous players. There's no way. But it's just going to benefit future players. You it think might, so? Yeah. For sure. But, like, do you understand what I'm saying? It's like LeBron James would have had eight straight. Jordan would have had six straight. Because when Bill Russell played, I don't think they um, accounted for blocks at that time. So or steals. He, he has no block leaders. Like, he has no seasons where he led the league. People but people still understand that he's still one of the best defenders. Oh, no, yeah. The but game. then when you match somebody's resume and you're like, oh, well, this guy has has led the league in blocks six times. Look at Bill Russell. He's zero. I guess it just but takes into account people that still. really know the game and yeah. people that just 
like the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I like it a lot. I think people should be awarded for that. I think the conference finals championship is a big is a big deal, and having an MVP for it is good. Um, but that being said, I'm actually something an interesting nugget about that. You know, I was watching a Magic Johnson and Larry Bird documentary, and although they say Magic Johnson and Larry Bird saved the NBA, I think Larry Bird saved it more. The only reason for that is because in the documentary and even in like shades of like winning time when you watch that show, it's like at the time fans of the NBA were very racist. So like they didn't even like the Knicks. Like the Knicks were a team that nobody went to go by because it was filled with like all black players at that time because they were racist. So the only reason why the NBA was able to be saved was because Larry Bird was a marketable white player. But you also needed that counterpart in, in Magic Johnson. He was, yeah, he was, um, like he really was unbelievable. And for the fact yeah, that, yeah to, he was. To an extent, but I feel like... Larry, all the his, famous people and his personality, games. too, just yeah. played a factor into how charismatic and how likable he really was. Yeah, to an extent, but they needed... like it, It's a shame to say, but like they needed that white star in Larry Bird... But that's, that's understandable. How, but that's how like backwards society yeah, was, was at the time though. For sure. But I feel like like Magic, remember you got you ever see that flick of Magic with Mike Tyson? I don't know if Jack that's real, King. I don't care if it isn't. It looks like <laughs> it, it looks cool. Everybody at the games, bro, like I know, but you wouldn't have Ma- uh, you wouldn't have Michael and you wouldn't have Prince in the same room together like walking in like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely not. But yeah. that Magic, picture is lit. It's Magic one of the best photoshops ever. Everybody, every famous person course, in the 80s at the course. games, bro. He was so like Popular. That's Showtime. I mean, it's called Showtime for a reason. He's and good. ironically enough, the Celtics team that was the best Celtics team of all time, I believe. 83? Uh, I think 83 or 86 is one of those. But Larry Bird, Kevin McHale. Robert uh, Parrish. Bill Walton. I want to say it's 80, 82. It was No, I'm sorry. It was, was, it 80, it wasn't was it 84? It was 83, 84. Because or 82. No, no, I know. It was it early could, in the 80s. It could early be, 80s. It's either 82 or 84 because it went Lakers, it went Celtics, it went Lakers. I think it went Celtics. Philly won in the early 80s. Early 80s, correct. It, it I thought the best Celtics team was the one with Luke Walton. No, Bill Walton. Oh, Bill Walton. Correct. Luke, Luke is his father. No, it was 85, 86. 85, 86 was the best. Uh, yeah, I'm t- the because Philly, the best Philly teams in the early 80s. I think 82, 83, they had Moses and Barkley just Facts. got drafted. That was late. That was later, I think. Okay, so I was going to say, because I know Magic beat Dr. J in the finals. Yeah, so this team was Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Paris, Dennis Johnson, Danny Ainge, Scott Wedman, Bill Walton. Uh, so, yeah, that was the team. Greatest uh, Celtics Bill Walton team was MVP. Legend, man. He is a legend. He's he mad good. My, well, this week in my NBA to wrap this up was that. Uh, David Kaplan of NBC Chicago said that there's serious concerns within the Chicago Bulls front office about Lonzo Ball's knee, that Lonzo's knee is not getting better. And the Bulls front office is concerned about why he still has pain any anytime he tries to ramp it up. Yep. That's another reason why Zach could leave. <laughs> Just saying. I mentioned it last episode about the injury concerns with Lonzo. And now, did you really? I, I didn't. Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. no, I forgot. The reason why he leaves because Demar's aging. Alonzo can't play a full season, and Vucevic is afraid. Interesting from the guy who actually can't play a full season. Zach. Zach. Whoa, that was rude. No, I'm saying it's interesting how he uses that towards a guy who actually can't play a You're full coming, season. Well, I don't know if that's necessarily coming out of his mouth. I just think you just came crazy at Zach Levine. No, I'm talking about for what Joel said. I know, but I'm saying you, that's a hypothetical situation that he just said. <laughs> and you just came crazy at Levine. It just, it just doesn't make sense. 
Makes I'm sense. just saying, bro. Just brace be nice yourself. For what? For so when he doesn't impact. leave, what do you like? You're gonna go up here. You're gonna come up here and troll again. I don't really have to like prepare for that moment because I already kind of know it's gonna happen. Listen, bro. If he's gonna leave, let him come to the lake show so you know someone's gonna take care of him. And so, really so you can love at least him. get Westbrook. Mm, I wouldn't right. wish that on you. You we wouldn't get him. On to the next segment, the Sacramento Kings. We haven't talked about this yet. But we got Kings fans covered, man. They do. Yo, Yo. Kings fans, shout out for always showing love, yeah, man. What a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> we love y'all, man. Listen, there's not much good going on right now with your squad, but you know what? We got you held Trade down. Trade the Fox. Ah, I don't know if that's the option, man. So they hired Mike Brown to be their new coach. They agreed to a four-year deal. Now, last basketball show, I was arguing with John about it, about Mark Jackson versus Mike Brown, and they ended up going with Mike Brown. Um, I'm actually a fan of this move, despite really? my uh, pes- pessimism about it last time. He's been with Golden State since 2016, NBA Coach of the Year. In seven seasons, he has two 50-win seasons, two 60-win seasons, and two 40-win seasons. He's only finished below 500 once, and that was in the 13-14 season with Cleveland. And you can say early in his career, yeah, he, he coached LeBron, and co- LeBron is just... We know LeBron's an all-time great, and that's why he was able to accumulate those wins. But the 07 Finals team, which he coached, was a defensive-minded team that bought into his philosophy. And while they weren't a talented team, he was able to get the most of them because they were specialists, and they they starred in their role. You got Drew, Drew Gooden, Ilgauskas, and Larry, Hughes. Couple, Larry Hughes. They had those type of players. So This guy knows. That roster was mid. He's I'll get been because I, I was a Cleveland fan at that time, actually. I mean, so he what he's been three hundred and forty seven and two hundred sixteen. He has a three hundred forty seven and two hundred sixteen record as a head coach. And a little cool story about him is that when Clay Thompson had his thirty point game six, he was going to go over to Clay to you know tell him, "Hey, good job" and stuff. And before he can say that, Clay Thompson just said, "Mike Brown." I'm going to miss you next year when you're in Sacramento. Damn. I'm going to miss you yelling at me and telling me to get back on transition defense. And while Mike Brown said that in the postgame presser, you could tell he was getting a little bit teary-eyed about it. So he has a a connection with these players in Golden State, and I think he's done a hell of a job in turning their defense around because he's been a huge part of that. My only concern about this is that I, you know, I don't trust the Kings franchise. They have not been stable and there was a report on the Stein line that talked about how the Kings are expecting a Wolves-esque surge this upcoming season with Mike Brown. So the Wolves went from the 13th seed to the 6th seed. So the Kings this past season were the 12th seed, which means that the front office is expecting a play-in or a playoff berth from Mike Brown in his first year. And just with the current roster with De'Aaron Fox, Justin Holiday, Harrison Barnes, Sabonis, Rashawn Holmes, DiFincenzo and Jeremy Lamb are free agents. I just don't know why you should have high expectations. I think a play-in should be, like, if they get the 9-10 seed, that should be seen as a success because Mike Brown still has to build around this team the way he wants to, and I don't think a year is enough to do that. But they do have the seventh-best lottery odds, and with the departure of Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald, I do think they need a two-guard. Justin Holiday isn't doing it for me personally. And I think Johnny Davis or a Benedict Matherin fits them a lot. Can I, I like you, Johnny Davis a lot. Can I ask you a question? Do you think Fox can play the two and then you have Davion play the one? No. No. Davion definitely developed as a playmaker as the season went on. His offensive game definitely also showed strides. 
And De'Aaron really is more of a natural scorer than anything. But that's like that's a six one and six three backcourt. Oh, I'm not disagreeing that it's definitely Daniel undersized. Mitchell's not six one. Yeah, that's like what six. He's like five eleven. It's like no, he's super yeah, short. That's it's too small of a backcourt. But Johnny Davis is a very great defender, and he's also a skilled scorer on offense. Also, Dyson Daniels. Maybe they go get him. I think they go AJ. AJ Griffin. We'll see, but need those are my thoughts on the Kings. I thought it was a good move, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, the Kings get a playoff berth out of Mike Brown. <clears throat> you know, Mike Brown in, in uh, Golden State, what he used to do, you know, to kind of get his guys locked in on the defensive end, the guys who don't really play defense too much, he used to have these awards that he gives out on the defensive end for guys who've had a defensive effort. Draymond, Clay are not allowed to get them. Wiggins now also, GP, those guys, guys who are known to be lockdowns, are not allowed to get them. These these awards go out to guys like Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Damian Lee, you know, guys who don't usually make that defensive impact but show the effort. Mike Brown, Mike Brown puts trust into his guys. He's been a defensive coach since Cleveland. And people love to bring up the finals team, but that's not even my favorite Cleveland team. I like the team that went 66-16, and 16, the team that lost in the Eastern Conference Finals. Granted, they went out sad, but... Mo Williams, LeBron James, Ben Wallace was on that team. El Gaskis, you had Drew Gooden. That team was good. Delonte West, when they ran the two-guard backcourt, that team was solid. And Mike Brown always got defensive effort out his guys. And I think Sacramento has always needed a defensive-minded coach. They've never been a good defense. They've needed somebody who can come in there and fix that defense. And I think Mike Brown can do that. He done seen the ups and downs of Golden State. He done seen the downfall and the rise, and then the downfall and the rise again. So I think... At this point, you need a fresh face. You need somebody who's coached vets, somebody who's also coached young guys. And I think Mike Brown is definitely the first start in that. I don't think a play-in is a success. I think just being competitive is success. The Sacramento Kings are not competitive. I feel like if they're not in the play-in, but you've seen consistent competitive strides, then I think you can definitely say, okay, this is an improvement. Because this team right now needs to shake up. It definitely needs to shake up. I'll say this. Um, what are you going to say? I mean, you think they're very talented. Yeah, talk to me. They were until they started trading everything. Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, but I'll say this. <laughs> they traded for Nikola Jokic light. <laughs> Extremely poor version. Yeah. Uh, and I'll stand by that. Um, but I'll say this. You're saying that the plane is not enough. I disagree. Not in year one. But I say this. It's the plane seven through ten. Look at the their, their best season was when they missed the playoffs as a ninth seed, right? That's, the West has gotten better. And I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying we saw the Spurs overachieve and make the make the temp seed. The temp seed excuse me. You can still be competitive and fight for a playing Overachievers, spot. You guys just underachieved. No, we under. I'm not okay. saying you're wrong. I'm just saying they definitely played better than what we were expecting. That's true. But they I like even then they they had a, they were like below, they were like five games below five hundred, which is why I say you still should be contending for that last that nine ten because it's not like great teams are making the nine ten. We were significantly under five hundred, as were the Spurs. You can still be not a great team and contend for that nine ten. So being competitive is that nine ten really? But I don't think their roster is built for that. For the right nine, now. I mean, did you think that the Spurs roster was built for that? No. But I didn't think the Kings. They need a mentality change for sure, and like you guys already alluded to, they need to to fix their defense. Defensively, they're horrible. The personnel they have for defense right now is 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 definitely lackluster. So maybe you bring in a, a coach that changes mindsets, and maybe players start to give in. You already have one with Davion Mitchell, but outside of that, there's not many guys on that roster, including their best player, De'Aaron Fox, who has com- who has shown great strides in playing defense. 
I'll say this. I think that you bring in Mike Brown. If he doesn't have you in that conversation of a plan, you really can't have much to be excited about, truthfully. In that, year one? That 9-10 is not, is not that far-fetched, especially look, when teams that were like 15 games under okay, look, so 500 Minnesota, were the 9-10. and 10. The Clippers, was, uh, the Mavericks. Pelicans, oh, no. and the Spurs, Spurs were, the, were the playing. You, you mean to tell me they, not only that, those four teams, who the Clippers are getting everybody back, they have to also fight with the Lakers for a playing spot. And, and you Portland think, healthy. And Portland. So you think they can, that's a failure? I'm, just, I'm not saying it's a failure necessarily, but you want to see them at least try and contend for that 9-10. At least 10. Again, there were teams that were 15 games under 500. More than that, you definitely can be around that competing for the 10 spot. You need to be in the playing spot, or at least contending for the the playing spot. Yeah, I think that's reasonable, but I don't know. I think with the squad, they have a lot to work on. I this agree team with that wholeheartedly. And who knows what direction they're going in? You know, this draft there's a lot of wild cards in. So it's I think this draft is a lot of hit or misses, personally, especially with the Kings. Like they they're looking for a star. I feel like the Kings feel like a Benedict Matherin team to me. Depends on where they go in the lottery. Yeah, they, they have the seventh the best top. odds. Yeah, they could get into the top five. That'd you said change. seventh? Seventh best That'd odds. That would change drastically pick. if they get a top five pick. I mean, we've seen with the new lottery that teams then the seventh best odds fall into that top four. What if Jaden Ivey goes to the Kings? I like it. I like it. Am I bugging him? Jaden Ivey's too... He's not a... He's not a, he's a, not point. a point That's guard. what I'm saying. So he's do you He's going to play the two. Davion Mitchell's not gonna start. Uh-huh. I need you to understand. But Davion started once, once Tyrese left. Yeah, and it's not good. It's just not. It's not a successful winning games. Mm-hmm. Like you want Fox at the one. You get in the Ivy. You got Davion's a really good backup. He maybe be a starter later in life. But it's not. That's not ideal. Because what's success. what's Ivy right now projected? Three, four, anywhere between three to five, maybe two. Yeah, he's going to be a top. He, if Chet falls, I mean, that that wouldn't be the best case. Jaden Ivey's game is John Morant minus the playmaking. Better the defense. And does he's not athletic, though. Mm-hmm. But, like, mm-hmm. I know slasher, slasher. Mm-hmm. He's very he athletic, though. Don't. He's I don't think they should, as I don't, athletic yeah, as I don't think they should go big, though, because, like, Paola, he doesn't play defense. Let me not say he doesn't play. He's not a good defender. Putting him with Sabonis, uh, Okay. Pa- Paola, are you talking about Funkero? Yes. Okay. Paolo? Paolo, Paolo sorry. <laughs> Paolo. Just the way you said it was funny. Yeah. Maybe Jabari Smith. Maybe yep. to stretch the floor. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but just defensive oriented guys. You need to bring guys with that I mentality. Agree. So like you said, Johnny Benedict, Davis. Johnny Davis. But if Jaden's there, I don't think they go Johnny Davis. I, I think you'd be crazy if you pick Johnny over. You think here. Johnny Davis? Johnny I, Davis is a bucket. He is, but you'd be crazy if you pick or maybe you say Fuck it, and I'm gonna pick Shaden Sharp. You know, like I'm just oh, gonna wow. bank on it, and uh-huh. we're just gonna ride the wave of Shaden Sharp. I don't want him to go there. I mm-hmm. really don't. But you want to go to a more exciting team? I want him to go to Detroit. What about Dyson Daniels? Like that. Project for Detroit's. Pro- Do you think Detroit? Detroit's probably gonna have what top three? Top four, top three. They can. They can. They. They. I think Detroit's a team that can't go wrong with any pick. Okay, I agree. I mean, they need a lot. Yeah. Ranking top five players that have had the best uh, performances in these playoffs or the top five players in these playoffs so far. And mind you, this is just a ranking. So they could have 
lost in the first round or whatever. I know you I probably don't have those guys. I don't. I don't either. I don't have losers. All right. Including Giannis? He just lost. So I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. Okay, that's what I'm saying. But if this was made next week, he wouldn't be on this I, I only have people that were playing in this round. So top five playoff performers, you can go first, Drew. Five through one. It's because I told him who I have at five. It's because I <laughs> told him five. who I have at five. Because I know that you guys are going to disrespect him and not have him on your list. So I want to show him the love that he deserves. Hurry up. Al Horford, number five for me. You know what? The points, the averages aren't amazing, but you look at his impact, <laughs> his defensive impact. You know what? Laugh. I don't I don't give he, two No, he fucks. laughed. That's why I laughed. It's because I told him already. So he was preparing this. You know, he has it in his head. Yeah, oh, yeah. Drew's going to say, oh, if I have to plan it, I got to laugh. He knows he knows the truth. When he was on when he was on Giannis, he was doing a great job of holding him offensively. Him and Grant Williams did an excellent job defensively. However, give me one second while I pull up these defensive stats. I apologize. 13 right. points, bro. Defensively, in 180.1 possessions against, excuse me, in 180 possessions against Horford, 33 for 91. That's 36.3 percent. Two from 12 from three. 18, excuse me, 13 turnovers and seven block attempts. Now I'll tell you this: Al Horford was huge for the Boston Celtics in this series, and is definitely a huge factor of why they were able to get past Milwaukee. He was he was. Huge in moments when they needed him. I have to throw him on this list. I don't care what you guys said. Number four for me, Jimmy Butler. He's been outstanding. Only reason why he's not higher on my list is because of the talent that he's played is not as great as the other three guys that I have on my, my list. Jimmy Butler's been excellent. 28.7, basically eight eight rebounds, basically six assists, two steals. He's been excellent. Efficiency has been great. 50, 53% from the field. He's been awesome. Only reason why I have these other three guys because I like the talent that they played. Number three for me, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he was excellent up until the last quarter of Game 6 and the second half of Game 7. 32 points, basically, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, basically 50% from the field. One thing that I look at Giannis and he needs to improve, obviously you look at his jump shot, is his free throw percentage. He's getting to the line a ton. You need to, If Giannis is going to continue to get to the line, he needs to increase his, his free throw percentage to around that 70 Three to seventy-five percent from the free throw line, and he'll really start putting up crazy numbers. If he already isn't putting up crazy numbers, that free throw percentage would help him. Number two for me, Jason Tatum. Reason why I don't have a number one is because Luka Doncic has just been unbelievable. But just to speak on Jason Tatum, 20, 28 points per game, five, basically six rebounds, six assists, forty-four percent from the field, almost forty percent from three, and to do this against the Nets and the Celtics. Oh, excuse me, the Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. Game three, they threw Tatum's name in the mud. And what he do? Games four, five, six, and seven, he averaged 30 points the rest of the way. He was absolutely phenomenal. That's how you bounce back when you want to be recognized as a superstar, a true superstar, a top five player in the world. And he gave you that performance against the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, number one goes without saying, Luka Doncic. For him to pull this crazy upset against the number one seed in the Western Conference, Phoenix Suns, on just absolutely unbelievable play both offensively and defensively he has completely given in to Jason Kidd and his mindset of being able to commit to to both sides of the ball but just the defense as a whole from the Mavericks has been excellent but Luka just offensively is just a, a talent like very few right now all right so like like your list I did best players remaining you know, shout out to the Joker. Shout out to Anthony Edwards. Shout out to Brandon Ingram. For sure. They were amazing. For sure. 
you know, I, I feel like I'm missing a few. But shout out to y'all who played in the first round. But um, I got to go with the guys who are still in it. Giannis made the exception because he just lost recently. So um, for me at five, it's Steph. You know, I'm not putting out Horford. That's fucking ridiculous. I don't care. I just, it's my list. I, just, I, I do what I want. Um, but it's yeah. actually funny because weren't you just saying that Jalen Brown has been the best Robin in the NBA? But I got to so give credit it, where so credit is So would he too. be like five? But see, the thing is, I could have said Jalen Brown, but I didn't want to because we, we haven't spoken about Al Horford and what he has done for the Celtics. Yeah. So I needed I needed everyone to know how great he was. Mm-hmm. Number, like I said, number number four, five for me, Steph Curry. You know, he's been good, a little bit underwhelming for everybody else, though, because to a degree, the expectations for him is greatness. But been one of the best fourth quarter scorers in the playoffs, you know, nine points a game or 54, 42, 89 splits. He's been amazing in the fourth when they need him the most. He hits big shots defensively. He's been amazing on Desmond Bain all series. So for me, Steph is at five. At four for me is Jimmy Butler. You know, I think he's been amazing on the offensive end. He's proven people wrong. You know, the competition, I understand, is scarce, but he's hitting threes. He's hitting the mid-range jump shot. He's been amazing on that end. He's making plays for his others. And we just wanted to see that from the aggressiveness. So for me, Jimmy Butler's at four. Three, Jason Tatum. He's been elite on both ends. You know, he's, uh, I understand the stinker is why I kind of have him at three because the next two guys haven't had a stinker like that. But nonetheless, Jason Tatum has been a, me- uh, a menace on the defensive end, 100%. on Kevin Durant, and then on top of that, going against Drew Holiday at times. He's been great on that end too. So for me, Jason Tatum's at three. Number two. Luca, you know, Luca has been dominant on the offensive end. I'm She's been to... great. One, we don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't see how Giannis is not oh, number wow. one. Okay, respect. I, that, yeah, I don't see respect. how Giannis is. That is one. super ironic. So you're not giving him a pass, but he's been the number one player in the postseason. I don't give him a pass for choking, but he's been the number one player in the postseason. That is so weird. He averaged damn near forty. I mean, he was amazing. Yes, but that's my whole point. No, he didn't. He, he no, it was, it was it was thirty. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, it was thirty-two. Yeah, it was thirty-two against who? No, like no, entire in player. playoffs. No, I'm talking about the regular thirty-four in the against uh, 34. Boston. Thirty-four. He was, but he had a he had a bunch amazing. of forties. He was. But but, but the, the only thing with Lucas, if he would have played more against Utah, he probably would have destroyed them. So I probably would have put him higher. But because he didn't play enough enough against Utah, I, I'm not gonna um, put him against. Oh, so someone honest. who lost, you have his one. But then you go and you criticize him earlier in the show, not giving him a pass. That's the only reason why I'm giving you a hard time. Yeah, he's he was amazing. He oh, without a doubt, he's been. You ridiculous. can't question that. Giannis has been the best player performer right now, but he lost, so now he's out of the list. So like, I have another list. Nah, no, no, no. I, I mean, just, let me let me. I just want to quickly throw it now. Mean, are we now, allowing this? Whatever. Unbelievable. So now that the Warriors are going to play Dallas and the Heat are going to play Boston. Right now, the remaining guys that have been playing good, Luka at one, Jason Tatum at two, Jim Butler at three, Steph at four, Jalen Brunson at five. So that is... Jalen Brunson over Jalen Brown? Yes. Jaylen and Brunson. Al Horford? Are you insane? Okay, yes. Definitely Al Horford. <laughs> but yeah, I got, I got Jalen Brunson uh, over Jalen Brown. Yeah. So that, that would be my best five. Come on, bro. You know Jalen Brown be cooking? He's at six. He's there. Well, if you if I was going off of like... Playoff players that are in the playoffs right now, your list, mine is Brunson, but with Brown is what I'm going with. Definitely. But my list is it's easy. It's Nikola Jokic. I don't care that he lost in the first round. Boo. He averaged 31, 13, and 6. I don't you care got, that. You got him at five? Huh? You got him at five. I, I have him at five. I don't care that he lost in the first round. He was, he was great. 
MVP level. He was great. Incredible. That, that's what he was. He was awesome. Jason Tatum is four, averaging 28, 6, and 6. The splits aren't like... Shit. The, four, no, the no, three-point the shooting. Shit. No, the it's three point 44% shooting from excellent. the field, 39% from three. It's excellent. not shit. Uh, but it's not like it's okay. not groundbreakingly elite, which What's is why like, he's four. 81. Solid. Number three to me is... 82. Solid. Number three to me is Hemi Butler. Uh, 29 points per game. Don't still Eight rebounds. Me? Five assists, two steals. Yo, he's shooting fifty-two percent from the field and thirty-six percent from three. Elite. Oh, he's going. Crazy. And I've I've been telling you guys, Butler's just one of the, those guys you trust, man. You literally. All right, just so take it. Miami. That's it. You just trust Butler. Oh, please take Miami. Number please. two is Giannis, averaging 32, 14, and seven. 49 percent from the field. Don't love it, but you know it's manageable. Number one is Luka Doncic, though. Luka Don- Luka has been the best playoff performer. These playoffs, he was the best playoff performer last season. He was the best playoff performer wait, the year what? before yeah, that. Wait, 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 Ride the bandwagon. I actually, you know what? I just bought two shirts. I bought an Anthony Edwards Thursky shirt. Shout out to the brand. You know, got to support my my guy Ant Man. And then you I took also, him off your Twitter. I have to fit in Luca. Interesting. You know, Interesting. it's it's Luca's time now. Edwards will get his shine. It's, He's not even in his prime yet. It's crazy. You know, Luca's Luca's hitting his pinnacle. But then the other Rose shirt, the human chancla. It's then insane. The the other the other uh, shirt I bought is Luca holding a baby with Devin Booker's face on it. So it's coming in. I'm gonna wear it Friday if it comes by that time. All right, I will wear that shirt. All right, yeah, I understand. It was the shirt that they pointed to on the camera on the TNT broadcast when a fan wore it. A fan was wearing that exact shirt, sitting I, pretty. Close. I don't appreciate the sentiment because I like Devin Booker. However, hilarious shirt. Very I like hilarious. Devin, but you know, Luca's my guy. Got to support. You like him a lot. Got to understand. Him. Yep, new guy. Him. So on to our playoff previews. The first one we're gonna start off with out west: Warriors versus. Tough. Mavericks. It is tough. You're right. Not tough for me. The Mavs are three and one this season against Golden State. Uh Luca versus Golden State this so year. So is Memphis. Has averaged thirty one points per game, nine rebounds and six assists. And Luca scoring eighty one points in his first two game sevens most in NBA history, by the way. Just you know, want to tell you that in In elimination up, games, he's averaging thirty nine. I think so. He is, like yep. Yep. And you know, he backed up his trash talk after Devin Booker talked trash and came back and he I won that, that series. Now, I don't know what way you guys are going. out. To, well, I do know the way you're going, so I'm going to start with you, Drew, and who do you think wins this series? Well, you doing that, I already know which way you're going. You're going to flip-flop and go pick Dallas. It's so hard for me because I have understood the Warriors and the way that they have come to play playoff basketball. Come to start of the NBA playoffs. We saw with with the Nuggets, they dominated. We saw with the Grizzlies to a degree where even when the Grizzlies played their absolute best, the Warriors were still able to sneak away games. But you look at the Mavericks, and I counted them out against the Suns, but I showed Luka his respect. I said this series was going to go seven games, but I thought that the Suns were just a better team, better coached. And Luka just showed that he just has those abilities to elevate the team to another level and win games and win series. And that's why this is so difficult for me because every part of me wants to go 
against the Warriors. <laughs> I do want to go against the Warriors. I can't lie. Because it's hard to to root against him or shoot. Let me not say root against him. The word I'm looking for is just to side against him, right? Because Luka is just so great. He is the next great superstar in the NBA. He already is him. I just mean in the sense of being acknowledged as an all-time great to play this game. He's going to be on that level one day. I just don't know if the team... Dallas is great defensively. They're a very great defensive team, but I just don't know if it's going to beat the playoff experience of the Warriors. And I do think that if it goes seven, Luke is going to come and show up that game regardless of, of the outcome, win or lose. But I do have the Warriors winning in seven. I just think the playoff experience is going to be a little bit too much. You should go next. Well, can't wait. It's tough, man. Like you could really hear like the distress in my voice giving that analysis. It's just the Mavs really have been great defensively all season long, and it's not just Luca. We mentioned it earlier. It's Dorian Finney-Smith. You have you have Jalen Brunson who's come in and been great for them offensively, defensively. Spencer Dimwitty coming to this team, hundred percent right to you. I give you that credit. He's come in and given them a jolt off the bench, and he thrives in that role. Defensively, they've completely given in. That's credit to Jason Kidd and what he's done. I just think that the experience of the Warriors, the health of the Warriors, so long as they stay healthy, I don't see them losing. I was having a conversation with my cousin yesterday <coughs> on my front, front porch. Chat to him. Nice weather. And we were just talking about it. And I just told him, I'm torn. Between this series, we were talking about this series, and I said I'm torn because my mind tells me one thing. <laughs> My heart is telling me another. This is facts. And I don't want to give away which way my mind and heart is going right now. But the reason why my heart is leaning one way is because, quite frankly, I don't like Golden State. Mm. I despise Golden State, What? Actually. That is so insane to me. I despise Bro, Golden State. Bro, I'm tired State. of hearing this. Golden State beating the Rockets year in and year out. Year in and year out? Four times. I've grown the Golden State Warriors being unbeatable for a time period in the NBA. That was annoying. Three years. I just, I'm just so annoyed by them. I'm annoyed by Steph getting passes when he doesn't play up to his level, yet every superstar gets criticized for underperforming just a little bit. But Steph does it a lot. You know, nobody even bats an eye to it. He's got me right now. I'm going to be 100% honest. And Luke is just somebody that is my guy. Is Luka, Luka Doncic, Luka Magic, bright smile, has a nice smile. Despite the way he looks in a jersey, his physique is 10 out of 10 amazing. Oh Somebody sent me a shirt on Twitter with him shirtless, and it's actually, you know, I very could tell. Yeah, very, very, very nice. Very nice figure. Handsome man. The question I always come to when talking, when, 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 when this, when this, with this prediction, <laughs> the question I ask myself is who can guard Luka mm. on Golden State? Memphis with Ja was hunting. They were hunting down Poole and Curry on switches. I mean, with Dallas, they are going to spam it. Mm. Wiggins can't guard Luka. Clay can't guard Luka. Draymond is more valuable as a backline help defender than as a one-on-one defender. And even then, he can't guard Luka. So who is going to guard Luka? Luca, 
And I'm not sure between these two teams, which team this via half court hoops, he made an excellent point on Twitter, which which team will decide to take away the threes of the other first? Because is Golden State going to let Luka play one on one and take their chances with him beating them? Or are they going to start helping off these players and now creating open threes for these people? I think the Warriors will probably start off by collapsing on Luka, making players around him beat him. Beat, beat them but once they figure out that maybe they're shooting it at a high clip they'll just let Luca go on one one-on-one and let him do his thing and then with Golden State it's, it's a really the same concept the difference with Dallas is like they're just not an offensive team this is a great defensive an team excellent def- with defensive a great team. defensive mind and Jason Kidd running at the helm made excellent adjustments versus Phoenix dude I'm I'm torn. With Dallas, I'm wondering, will they collapse on Steph on these high pick and rolls that Draymond sets? Are they going to let Draymond operate in the short roll and now create open opportunities for other players? See, this is these are all the things that are kind of going through my mind. The Mavs are shooting 38% from three as a team these playoffs. They've been scorching hot. They're And the matchups, I think, I think Finney Smith will be on Steph. I think Brunson, this is where I get, it gets tricky. Brunson on Clay or Brunson on Wiggins? The reason for that is because Bullock is the defender that probably should be on Clay. But because Andrew Wiggins is such a hustle player and he was huge on the boards against Memphis, you might want Bullock, Bullock to neutralize that more. Then you, you'll take your chances with Clay a little bit more. Powell on Dre, Luke on Looney. You know, just don't use Luca like that. These are the starters, by the way. The Brunson matchup is the one that's trickiest for me. Like I don't, I think he, uh, this series they might put him in a lot of actions. I'm not sure how Golden State is going to attack Luca. Probably put him in a lot of actions as well. The communications are going to have to be just on another level with them defensively because Warriors move around so much offensively. Believe it or not, this series I still haven't made up my mind on yet. Mm. So this prediction that I'm about to give you guys is just. The first thing out of my brain, I'm, it's just the words that I'm going to spew out. I'm going with the Warriors in six. The same prediction you've had all year. I think the Warriors are beating the Mavericks. The Mavericks, as much as I want to believe it's Luka time, Luka's time, it, it might very well be Luka's time to win this series. No doubt about it. I just believe the Warriors have a bit more. And they, they, I think they will allow Luca to play one on one, and they'll just take away the other players and gas Luca out. And their offense, putting these the, the way they move offensively, it's it's going to be a tough, tall task. And unlike unlike Phoenix, Dallas, they don't have an interior presence that can damage Golden State. And even we saw Golden State versus Memphis, the best rebounding team in basketball, out-rebound them. I mean, 44-7 to is insane. It just feels like the Celtics are, I mean, the, the Warriors are going to the finals. And as much as I want to say Dallas, I just I want to be right as well. If it goes seven, though, this is my counter prediction. If it goes seven, Luka's Dallas, not Dallas wins in seven. And Chase. Because Luka is not losing a game seven. That's why I favor... Golden State in chase. But Warriors in six, though. I think they close it out in Dallas. Game six. So you think yeah. 
Luca beat Steph in yep. at home. Yeah. Game seven. Yep. All the chips on the line. Luca versus Steph. I'm taking Luca I'll 10 times what? out of 10. I don't disagree too much there. I don't there there isn't a man if you're outside telling of me LeBron I get one, that can do that. If you get me Luca's LeBron. Easy. Relax. I understand what he means, but that is crazy. Relax. He's that level of player. Relax. Level of player? Yes. Stop. Trust he's me. Enough. No, he's not. He oh, do you want to change your pick? No. So you're staying with the Warriors? I'm going to stay Warriors in seven. You're shocked? You wish you were somewhere. You wish you you had someone going against you right now? No, I don't. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, um, it's I've, tough, though, because, listen, the the fact that I know that, I'm, that the anticipation for you to go is crazy. Nah, no, you said everything. Yeah, I said everything that needed to be said. Yeah. I like I know what we're going to do already. The Joker averaged 30 on us. John Morant averaged 40 on us. What do you think we're going to do? We're going to let Luca do whatever he wants to do. Because at the end of the day, and I, I, I keep saying this, but nobody keeps hearing me. One man cannot beat the Warriors. D- d- they're not going to beat us. Luca is amazing. He's not beating us four times in a row. Not even LeBron was able to do that. Kyrie had to be a, on a different type of level. There's nobody that's beating us four times. We're going to let Luca do what he do because you, in reality, you can't stop him anyways. And you neutralize everybody else. That's that's really what you got to do. You got to neutralize Jalen Brunson. You got to neutralize Dorian Finney-Smith in that three-point shot, Reggie Bullock. You have to neutralize the help and make him play by himself. And in terms of defense, we play defense too. Definitely. We're, we're in elite defense too. But I think this matchup is actually an interesting matchup because they can go small with us. You know, they can switch a lot of ball screens. They can switch a lot of the actions that we're going to, like you said, we're going to throw a lot. We, we do a lot of guard actions. Poole and Steph are going to get a lot of mismatches on the court, but with Dallas, for the most part, they can switch a lot of that because they 100%. have a lot of multiple defenders, but it is going to be interesting because as Luca's putting all that energy on offense, we got to make him work on defense. We got to make him put that same type of energy on defense, get him in pick and rolls, make him switch, make him run, make him work. It's going to be tough, though, because Dallas, like you said, 38% from the three. This is an extremely tough matchup for us because they have the length, they have the wingspan, they have the size to defend our guards. You know, I, I think Bullock, on like you said, on Wiggins or even on Poole, that's a tough matchup because he's been really good defensively. Finney Smith is six eight, long arms, and he has the He'll athletic ability. Yeah, automatically he's guarding Steph, and I didn't even think they're probably going to double team him, Steph, off the pick and roll and let Dre or Looney roll to the basket. Powell, Powell is good enough to. To recover, he has that athletic ability, so he's he's a perfect center for this type of matchup because he has the athletic ability to switch and stay in this game. But this ain't Chris Paul and Devin Booker, bro. This this is this is not. Uh, I know, you know, you oh, the game seven they've been embarrassing. Steph Curry's on a different level than both of those guys. Respect to them, but this ain't that. But I do think Stop I do got Warriors. Talking like Steph's been clutch every single moment. He's of his not, career. but he clears both of them. He clears both of, of course, them by far. Of course, I got Warriors in six though. I think Dallas would be tough, but I do got Warriors in six. We haven't lost at home yet, so we protected home court in the playoffs so far. But Dallas is going to give us a fight of our lives because I think like they match up really well. But I got Warriors in six. The rebounding, I don't, I'm not really concerned about that because, like you said, we out-rebounded Memphis five out of the six games. Wiggins has been amazing on the glass. Kevon Looney. Um, the three-point shooting, if we miss like Memphis, I don't think we win. But if we start finally finding our groove and starting to hit those open shots that we have, we can't play as sloppy as we did against Memphis, no. against Dallas. We cannot do that. We cannot turn the ball over like we did against uh, Memphis, against Dallas because Dallas – 
Jason Kidd, Dorian Finney-Smith, Luka, they just have they're a they, they're hot and they have a different type of thinking right now. <clears throat> they, they think they can beat anybody 100%. in the league. So we can't do the same silly mistakes against Memphis that we do against Dallas. We have to be better prepared. And Draymond said we are going to be. So I trust Dre. I trust Steph. I trust Clay. I trust Poole. Warriors in six, baby. Heat versus Celtics Eastern Conference preview. Oh boy! Now, Riv, I don't know what oh, yo, way you're bro, going with I'm this. I'm sorry, yo. I did. I forgot to mention your 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 dog walk to the to close. the finals. I was literally close. That was supposed to be five. Warriors. They got, I don't know. It's not a dog walk. Once Ja goes out and y'all get blown out by forty. We one and six. I was really. Close. I was legit. If if Ja plays, I really think we win five games. Right? And I and I would give you that respect. Five games. Five games. That's a I dog was, walk. Whatever, yo. Because this isn't about to be a dog walk, and you know it. Because I thought we was going to play Phoenix. We was going to dog walk Phoenix. I swear to God we was. I apologize, but let's go. I don't know what way you're going in this series. You still didn't make a decision. This, I actually very, did make a decision. Ah, this, please, this, please, this morning, please. I did make a decision. Please, man. Wait, so you're going Boston, right? I just want to hear what you want to say. That's facts. Come on. You're trying to gauge. Come no, on. I Let just, me hear okay, it. Um, Come on. So yesterday, I was really torn up about this, because this is actually... I think this is going to be a dogfight. I do believe really? Miami and Boston, it's going to be just as good as Boston and the Bucks because I think defensively, this is going to be like the Detroit Pistons versus the Indiana Pacers. I feel like it's going to have that type of defensive wow. okay. impact. Two elite defense. I mean, Miami was an elite defense, and half their guys didn't play the season. So I this, like, two elite defenses, two defenses that kind of have the same personnel that kind of can match one another. Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker can guard Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, vice versa. J- Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can definitely guard Jimmy Butler and P.J. Bam has a switchable ability. Rob Williams, well, I'm saying, you I know, know what you mean. Bam has a switchable ability. Rob Will, Al Horford, Grant Will, they have the switchable ability. You got, you got a lot of guys, but it's like, I look at Miami, and I look at the three-point shooting that they have. I look at Jimmy Butler, he's been playing... At a ridiculous rate, I gotta go Miami. Yes, I, yes, I, yes. I, I am, this is music to I my gonna, ears. I don't, and I, I don't like Miami, but yes, everything is predicated on Jimmy Butler being this amazing, and with him being this amazing, I got Miami. But I do think the series goes six, seven games. This will be a seven game series. This is when you know I got Miami. Pride cometh before the fall. I got Miami. Chooses the Nets over the Celtics. Chooses Milwaukee over the Celtics. And in his heart, when we sat at this table months ago, and we had this conversation about the Celtics versus because Miami, you and I were on the exact yeah, we same said Jimmy page. Wasn't what did we say? No, Jimmy, we, no we said we that said, if it's just Jimmy, if it's just Jimmy, the Celtics can get it done. Yeah, but Jimmy is on a. Another, and Tatum isn't. But we've never Jaylen seen. Jalen Brown it. hasn't been cooking. Is, we've never seen this. Like outside of the mean? finals against the Lakers, we've never seen Jimmy be like this, bro. He's on a different level offensively And then this right is now. how we debunk that, right? Because against the Hawks and the Sixers, I'm supposed the to be high more impressed. Offense. But def- okay, defensively? The Nets defensively? I'm talking the Nets defense, defensively? Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a tough defense, but you they allow a lot of You told me that Drew was going to give Tatum fits. He did for sometimes. Until Tatum realized, oh, wow, I'm Jason Tatum. The difference with the Bucs and Miami, the Bucs allow a lot of threes, and they rely heavily on their rim protection. Miami doesn't. Miami can rely a lot on the perimeter, but they also can guard the interior. That's why I, I've always said it. Miami and the Boston, they match up evenly. The only difference is Boston has the best player in the series. So, But defensively... They match up because I, he said that. But defensively, 
My I don't, I don't agree with that reasoning. What? Okay. Thank you. What reasoning? Um, I almost had a stroke. I thought you were trying I mean, to say that Jimmy Butler was better than Tatum. I'm gonna be honest. I th- this series is pretty easy for me to predict. Very. I am more. I'm more. I'm so happy to see you. I'm more worried about me getting Dallas and Golden State wrong than I am about this. Me too. Because 100%. There's, there's just something magical about Dallas right now that's happening that it can very it can very well lead to a finals appearance. The one thing in basketball, though, usually the better team wins. Usually in basketball, the better team wins. But before you go, Drew, I'll just say this. And honestly, you know, everything I'm about to say is just spoiler. Like, I'm picking Boston. But everything I'm going to say after I say this there is no reason you or anybody listening and or watching should bet on Miami to win this series. Or oh, pick I ain't betting on them. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who bet Cel- on them to make the finals. Celtics, Celtics are 2-1 and one versus the Heat this year, but that doesn't matter at all. But this is the second time these two teams have faced in the conference finals in yep. the last three years. Back in the bubble... The fifth-seeded Heat versus the third-seeded Celtics. The Heat won in six. Yep. Butler averaged 19 in that series. Bam and Goran averaged 20. Hero averaged 19. But the difference between the two teams now is that the Heat now have P.J. Tucker and Kyle Lowry, yep. who's not playing in this, at game least one. in game one, yep. hamstring. Max Struess is there, too. But for the most part, it's the same team. It's the same culture. It's the same brand of basketball. The Celtics have completely changed. This is not the same team. They don't have Kemba Walker anymore, nope. who was a defensive liability. And their big man at the time was Daniel Tice and Ennis Cancer. So Bam was able to feast on them. Now they have Rob Will, who's going to play. And Ime Udoka has said is not under any restrictions in this series. He's okay. And Al Horford. Huh? So I, Didn't see Al Horford. You know, you, he was hurt. He was definitely affected. Al Horford already. I mean, uh, what was I going to say? Bam Adebayo already hasn't been good these playoffs offensively. Against Embiid. So now facing off against Al Horford and Rob Will, do I expect them to? I don't. Say a prayer. The Miami Heat haven't had a real test mm. in these playoffs. They've they've had midterms. They haven't had ex- final exams. Midterms matter. And the 76ers and Hawks aren't real teams. The Hawks are one of the worst defenses in the league. The Sixers are one of the worst so defenses the in the Nets. league. Let's look at the Celtics' path. The Nets, who everybody had as a championship contender before the playoffs started. One of the started, worst defenses one, in the league. Once say the that. playoffs started, the team let that me you finish. thought was going to win. Let me, the team let me you finish. thought was going you, to you, win. You, you, you cannot finish. play it both ways. One of the worst defenses in the league, the Nets. But you thought also, they were no, going to win. Let me finish. I did. But you so can't, what you can't, does it but you matter? Can't say Atlanta's one of the worst defenses and not say the Nets are. They you know, are. Here's the difference. Though. They are though. Boston is the best defensive team in the NBA. Miami's top four. Okay, they're not number one. They missed half their players. And offensively, you and I both agree Boston is better because they're the two guys. Yes, let but me, Miami let me statistically has a better offense. But again, we're not statistic guys. But you just use statistics for defense. You but, can't play it both ways. You but, cannot. But you can use your eyes and see that Boston no, is the cannot, best defense. You cannot do that. I cannot play it both ways. But I'm being honest because I use it both ways. Let, let him. No, he didn't. Let him finish. What do you mean? I said I use my eyes, but the numbers help as well. So I can't do your that? eyes. Don't tell you that Miami's a better offensive team, but the numbers do. My point exactly. So it's fifty-fifty. Come on, go ahead, Joel. The Celtics have beat the Nets and Bucks, who, when the playoffs started, were both teams that we viewed as conference finals contenders, if not title contenders. The no, Celtics, we didn't. you didn't think the Nets can make the conference finals? You were the only person at this table that said 
This was a conference. You were the only person. I didn't view so them So you don't a, think the I, Nets were a top four team in the East going into the playoffs? No, I didn't. You said they were going to beat the Celtics. But I didn't say they were a conference finals contender. I never said that. So you don't think they had a chance against Milwaukee? No, I thought the Bucks were going to beat them regardless. And that's okay. a fact. All right, whatever. You that doesn't, that that doesn't that. even matter. Regardless, the Celtics have had a tougher path. Path. They embarrassed the Nets. Facts. And in the Bucks series, they show two things. How impactful and valuable the role players are. Facts. And Tatum's ascension. It's as simple as that. Tatum is now ascending yep. into a different conversation. And by the end of the end of these playoffs, he will be in the conversation. KD shot 38% in the in the series in the yep. first round, 13% lower than his series average. Giannis shot 45% in the series, 10% lower than his series average. Jimmy Butler is currently shooting 52% in the playoffs and shot 48% in the regular season. Yep. If I'm just doing a simple math equation, I can expect Butler in this series versus Boston to shoot 41% to 38% into 36% in this series. I think Butler has an has this type of series. He'll probably average 20, 41% from the field. Bam Adebayo hasn't been good all playoffs right. offensively. Tyler Hero hasn't Struggled. been good all playoff offensively all, hasn't been good offensively all, all, all playoffs. Yeah. He's been averaging 13 points no, per game. Kyle Lowry is hurt. Who's going to step up? If the Celtics can take away Jimmy Butler, right. this series is done. Tatum averaged 40. He shot 44% from the field with Wesley Matthews and Drew Holiday guarding him, correct? Okay. And almost then, 40% and then, from three. And, and Don't then, forget that. Yes, almost 40% from the three. And then against the Nets, he probably shot around the same percentages, right? With Kevin Durant guarding him, right? I can look, but keep going. So can I make the assumption like you just did that? Tatum, he, no, no, Tatum no, 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 shot 44% from the field in the playoffs. Let me, so let me finish. So can I make the assumption that... Jimmy Butler and P.J. Tucker, the same way how you just made the assumption that they can make Jason Tatum struggle just like you did. I can, right? Because Jimmy Butler and P.J. Tucker are elite perimeter defenders. I'm, that's that's I'm, a possibility, but I, I have more faith in Jimmy Butler dropping off to this. Then I do that. Miami's defense is tough, man. I mean, it's tough. It's there's tough no, defense. there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no way around it. But like I said, the Bam thing. Al Horford on 27 possessions in Game Seven against Giannis. Oh yeah, held him to eight points, three for twelve. Bam is getting taken away. Like I said, what are you searching up right there? Tatum's averages against the Nets were insane. Who plays defense on the Nets? Again, but you did not pick. The Celtics to win this series. But who plays defense on the Nets? But then you should have took that into your analysis. But who plays... I'm talking about right now. Who plays defense on the Nets like Miami? No one. Okay. Listen. So you told me Drew was going to halt this. I mean, he shot 44% against... And he uh, shot 45% against the Nets. What's the difference? One. And plus, Butler's shots are a bit different also than I agree. It is. And Butler, Butler, at least in the Philly series, was getting to the paint a lot. Mm. He was posting up a lot. I don't think he'll be able to do that against Boston. And I trust those other guys in Boston, those role players like Grant Williams, Payne Pritchard, Jalen Brown also has a second guy to step up. I trust all those guys J- to step up more. Jimmy will guard Jalen, bro. I'm fine with that. All right. I'm with, fine with, with all that. that being said, look, am I a little bit torn about this? A little bit only because wow. P.D. Tucker's on the heat. Oh, right, right, That's right, the right, only right. reason why. But I have Celtics in six written here. Mm-hmm. I'm changing it. Celtics in five. They're going to win this series. <sighs> I think can't be. I can't be. Yeah, come on, come on. What? Can I go? Oh, pardon me. Sorry, I thought you went. I'm sorry. I appreciate that, Joel. Celtics in five, because you know where I reside. Celtics in five. Celtics in five. <laughs> Try and go I two at, for one. Listen, you guys can say all you want. That series against Milwaukee could have ended in five games. 
had Boston so, been a yeah. little bit more confident? Milwaukee had the, had the championship experience. They weren't nervous. Boston still understand, understood that we're the better team. We just have to play like it. They were able to close the series. Mm-hmm. But the window for them to win in five was there. They couldn't close. That's true. Now I'm looking at this series, and I'm looking at the offensive output out of Mil- out of Miami, and it's basically Jimmy Butler with a side of Bam Adebayo, who's been inconsistent to say the absolute least. His offensive output has just not been anywhere near of what was expected of him, especially as his supposed number two option. Tyler Hero averaging under 15 points this postseason. Mid. He has been Mid. abysmal for his for what everyone was expecting Tyler Hero to be. Max Struess, under, I mean, him averaging 13 points, you give respect to him. He's, He's not the type of player that you're expecting, 100%. Good shooter. For sure. Victor Oladipo has been... He doesn't play much. Inching his way back. I mean, this is not a team that I'm looking at that I'm worried in the slightest bit. Joel hit the nail on the head with everything that he said. Defensively, I'm going with Boston. Offensively, I'm going with Boston. There is no one on Miami offensively that holds anywhere near the talent that Jason Tatum has. I don't care what what Jimmy Butler has done against Philadelphia, who defensively is is not a great defensive team at all, and Matisse Thibault, who can barely be on the court because his offensive output is basically non-existent. Mm. He's basically unplayable. And then against Atlanta, who has no defensive presence at all, mm. yes, with Jimmy's numbers on a on a blank surface, they are impressive as can be, but they're not as impressive when you realize the talent that he was facing was not anything of of, of real substance. Boston has been the best team in the NBA since the All-Star break. Mm. And I don't expect to see Miami Heat be any type of obstacle in their way. Boston is going to win very comfortably. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'm so happy, so happy. Because, you know, me and you are on the same side. Oh, we listen. sat at this table. JC, we miss you. We hope you're doing all right. We sat at this table. We had this conversation with Joel. Yeah, me and Joel's flip sides. That's literally what happened. It's just funny to me. Like, it's like, so a couple things you guys said. You, you keep saying Atlanta was abysmal on defense, which I agree with you. I agree. Philly is not that good on defense. I agree with you. But you don't acknowledge Brooklyn. Aside from the star power, Brooklyn is a horrible defensive team. You don't, no, I haven't mentioned them. You don't acknowledge, you keep saying, oh, and listen, outside of the Bucs, it was a sweeping. What am I to mention about the Nets? Outside of the Bucs, which, was impressive. I said that before. Boston gets a A plus grade for that because Brook the Bucks are a good defense with an elite perimeter defender in Drew Holiday. You get an A plus for that. They played phenomenal. But you keep talking about Miami's path being because they had bad defenses. But then you have to acknowledge the fact that it's outside. Of course, Brooklyn has the two stars. Nobody's denying that. But we're just talking defenses. Brooklyn is just as bad as those two teams on okay. defense that Miami played. Let me they, ask you a question. They handled a team it, that no, Milwaukee, because I get Milwaukee what you're was ducking them. I don't know about they went to the three seed to not them. play the Nets. Boston question? said, you're, 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 I you're, don't that, care who we do face. I'm, I'm just saying that this team showed that it does not matter who we play. That has nothing to do with what I'm saying. We can it, handle that. That has nothing to do with what I'm saying. Because there's no team that wanted to play the Nets on that top of that top of the Eastern Conference. But you know who did? Boston. What's your question? All regular, all regular season, you've uh, you've spoken about Jimmy Butler not being 
good offensively or being Has good a great offensive player. So now he's turned it up in the playoffs. You don't think he'll regress back to what he's been in the regular season versus Boston? Man, when they when I'm they played shocked. in the regular season? No, I'm just saying, like, you don't think that Jimmy Butler's just going to go back to his 21-point-per-game average? No, I think he's on a different level right now. I do do believe he's on a different level right now. I think defensively, Miami and Boston defensively are going to fight. I think the the way you guys are just disregarding Miami's defense, oh, Bam's going to be taking out the series. Okay, what do you think he's going to do to their big men? He's going to, that Al Horford. But their big men aren't even featured in the offense. Yeah, but that that whole, Al Horford is the fifth best player. Come on, bro. He's going to take them completely. Like, there's nothing they're going to be able to do against Bam. Do you understand Milwaukee's big man is Giannis Antetokounmpo? What does that have to do with anything? What I'm He's saying? one of the best defenders in the NBA. What but you're telling me Bam Adebayo is going to be the 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 X factor in stopping Al Horford and his Bam production? Also? He doesn't have to stop, bro. bro I'm bro, just bro, saying, bro, bro, what Al his Horford role was, provides. Al Horford was beating Giannis off the dribble on the perimeter. Bam's not getting. Bam's a better perimeter defender than Giannis. You do know that, right? For sure. So what are you talking about? What? Are you, sorry. What are you talking about? Bam is a better. Pro- He's not Al Horford. But you were talking down not, low. No, because Al Horford was a beating. Al Horford. Giannis bro, was getting beat off the dribble. Talk about of course, we really don't. Horford, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about uh, to your point. We don't have to talk about the Bam Horford matchup. Bam is going to beat Horford in that matchup. Defensively, Bam is a for sure. Player. No, like, come on, nobody. Offensively, Bam's going to be irrelevant. Horford doesn't have to work. Nobody's Bam is going Horford, to be bro. irrelevant, yes. and no one's worried about Bam offensively. No one. That's fine, but you, please stop. Yo, just, there's a chance that Bam out of bio, Horford been too much. Whatever no you want to say, but Bam, I'm um, excuse me, that Al Horford is one of the main reasons why they're moving on to the next round. Regardless because of that, fact, the Grant there's, there's a chance. Exactly, and Grant Williams. Yeah, but he's was not absolutely like, you know, outstanding. But he's a role it's player. Boston is an amazing team. Nobody said they wasn't, bro. My whole point being is again. I, let me get back to what I was saying. There's a chance that Bam Adebayo doesn't even average 13 points this series. It's, it, there's a chance for a lot of people to not average 13 points. What's your point? The only way possible that you can even think Miami you, could win. I guarantee win? you, Bam averages 13 points. I oh, wow. Okay, you. sure. He averages 14. like 15, 16 points. I really believe that. Sure, because Giannis Antetokounmpo struggled with Al Horford and Grant Williams. You're telling me that Grant Williams and Al Horford can't stop someone who's significantly inferior offensively? Just because you can stop an elite player doesn't mean you can always stop a good player. I'm telling you for sure you, I'm you, confident in that. I'm sure you can be confident, but just like how you're confident in Boston's defense, I'm confident in Miami's defense. They're an elite defensive team. They have great perimeter. They have elite perimeter defenders, just like Boston. Okay, there you go. Just like Boston. So I don't know. Kyle Lowry is a huge loss in this series, though. I agree. And well, he's only not, if he doesn't play, that sucks. But I think he's only missing game. Rave, look me straight in the eyes and tell me you, lingers on. No, look me straight in the eyes and tell me you believe in Miami's offense over Boston's. I believe in Jerry Butler. So you believe in one player over what two. you've seen? Who? You're going to name two. I'm going to name one. What do you mean? I believe in the role players of what Grant Williams has been consistently showing me all he's season. Wide open. All the season. He's been shooting forty percent. Wide. Open. All season he's been shooting forty percent from three. And I'm talking about I don't care. I'm talking about the playoffs. We're in the playoffs. I'm talking about last series. But talking our, about last series. So fine against the Nets, against Milwaukee, the, he's the been team consistent that play defense. all year. All right. I trust him. I trust Miami's defense. I trust Eric Spoelstra, the best coach in the East. I trust them, bro. I'm telling you, I trust them. Miami's gonna win. You, you know can, what? I'll change my pick. Celtics and six, not five. I got Celtics five is disrespectful. No, yeah, it's yeah, not. Five, five, five is not disrespectful. Five is extremely I got disrespectful. Boston is a better team. You can be a better team Easily. and still be disrespectful. It's not disrespectful. I'm, I'm t- I, so I, you're I, sticking with Heat. Yeah, I got the Heat. Okay. I, I, I like their defense. I like Jimmy Butler's 
turn up. He's been amazing, and I like. I I feel like the spacing is gonna be better this series. So, okay. So I'm, I'm willing, I like PJ Tucker on Jason Tatum. He's gonna make him work. I love. I love Jimmy Butler on Jalen Brown, Mister Robin. I love that matchup. Jimmy's gonna clean that matchup. I love it. I don't know anybody stupid thinks Jalen Brown's gonna cook Jimmy Butler. You, but I like I love that matchup. Jason Tatum's probably gonna play defense on him. So I'm just talking about Jimmy guarding Jalen Brown. He's done. I mean, you're being very rude. Rude about what? What do you mean rude about what? You understand what you're saying? You're saying that Jalen Brown is going to get locked up by Jimmy Butler. Oh, yes. he's getting locked up. I'm sorry. I'm thinking you're saying defensively, Jalen Brown's going to get cooked. No, he might not get cooked. Okay, that's what, I was, that's what I was confused about. Jimmy Butler's going to lock J- Jalen Brown up. P.J. Tucker's going to make Jason Tatum work. Interesting. Work hard, too. Okay, interesting. And then Marcus very. Smart, you know, he can score. Because we, we, really we speak about, we've spoken about this before. No one can, can stop Tatum. No, we have not spoken about this ever in life. I've said this on multiple occasions. That doesn't mean you're right. I mean, have I been wrong so far? It's been two series and one against the Nets. Good job. I mean, since the All-Star break, I've been preaching nothing but Jason Tatum. Since the All-Star break. All right. I mean, that's cool. The Heat have been number one for damn near the whole year, bro. What are you going to say? Since the the All-Star break, they've been number one. I mean, what do you like? You're going to say. But who's been the best team in the NBA since the All-Star break? No, no, no. This All-Star break shit is aggravating. They've been the best team since the All-Star break. That's fine. And this is going to be your downfall. That's fine and dandy. It's going to be your downfall. Miami has been number one for damn near the whole year. And they've missed players left and right please stop with the all-star break be your downfall because oh, even with that all-star break guess who's still the number one seed the miami heat it's gonna be your downfall if i i have no emotional attachment to the series come so on it's man it's bigger downfall. than that it's, it's, it's between you be and i it's, it's not, it's, no it's, it's gonna be your downfall. Gonna be my downfall it is 100 miami i don't think they'll lose i got miami in six sometimes you got to take your Actually, recent knowledge into account i'm gonna go miami seven i think go seven Really? Yes, I okay. think it goes all the way back to Miami. Yeah. Wow, all right. I um, I think this definitely goes seven. All right. So that's going to do it for episode 179 of the Pick a Side Podcast. Oh. You can follow us on I Instagram you, you and TikTok need to be worried about that. at Pick a Side Podcast, on Twitter at Pick a Side Pod, and buy merch on PickaSidePodcast.com. Look how clean that looks. Look how clean. Fire, Come on. Fire. Support the brand. Thank you guys so much for listening and for watching, and we'll see you next time.